Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. I'm Kevin. And I am Daniel. And this is episode 18. Ooh, Dear God, what was that? French Canadian? Uh, yeah. Mm, Portuguese, even. <laughs> well, a big old poutine to you, too. Fuck. <laughs> so, be, do a little housekeeping okay. before we start bullshitting. The bullshit's strong. Yeah, we got a lot of shit. It's a heaping pile of bullshit. We're gonna simmer it on down. We're gonna we're gonna put it into a pot of bullshit. Put the lid on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Pressure cook. And uh, there's a little change that's happened to the save room, especially um, if you look at us on SoundCloud or if you check us out on Twitter at Save Room Show. We actually have a logo. We do. We have a brand new logo. It's got a typewriter. So the connotations to everything in my life being related to Resident Evil are strong and just continue on. I know. It's is, that, is Capcom's like arm up your ass? <laughs> John Capcom uses <laughs> John. me as a puppet. But I do want to give it... <laughs> no, that's fine. It's a good lead. It's yeah, a good okay, lead. Anyway, <laughs> I want to give a big shout out to the artist, a Miss Amy King. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at uh, Serif Amy. I'm going to spell that out for you. That's an S-E-P-H-I-R-A-M-Y. Her bio reads, and I wanted to read her bio, okay. fully caffeinated, semi-sweet. I draw stuff, mostly comics, like HarlowVanish.com and TheMuseMentor.com. And she puts here, uh, I wish every day was spaghetti day, which I take issue with because I used to choke on spaghetti a lot as a kid, Daniel. Mm. I mean, I prefer spaghetti and meatball days, but, you know, just spaghetti days, fine. You know, whatever, if you want to do that. I would have to rescue myself. <laughs> I would have to get in there. That's why I don't have a gag reflex now. Mm. That's I, not why. I think she's going to be at Emerald That's City. That's not why. Can you shut up? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to promote She's going to be at Emerald City Comic Con, which will probably be going on by the time this posts. Okay. So, so pay her a visit. Check out her booth. I don't know what number it is. Booth. I don't know. Because it starts today, actually. Oh, really? Thursday. Yeah. So never mind. Okay. But you again, go to the website. It's uh, TheMuseMentor.com as well. Her art is fucking great. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really glad that she doctored an image in like what seemed like less than 30 minutes like three fucking seconds and now and we can ready. take on the world we're the and, save and world. she was just like is this along the lines and i was like i'll use that and she okay. was like oh, okay and she didn't even charge us so that's why i'm giving her an extra big shout out mm-hmm. amy king check out her art i want to put her up on a chair and just boost her up for the world to see i don't want to hear about your fantasies okay we have a lot to get through today all right i'll okay. add her with my personal fantasies you, next time I'm gonna try. I, that, I was trying to segue okay. away. Right. You kept it buried I there. I'm sorry. sorry. That's okay. Now I'm in. It, I'm in it with you. I'm in it. Here we are. Here we are. What did you want to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. So it says here on the outline, uh, bullshit around and stare at Daniel for a while. So what have you been up to? I think we've done a bit of that already. Yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, I want to let you know mm. that this week's episode is brought mm. to you by our newest sponsor, oh. Soaps. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I, in the same breath, I learned what they were, as well as being horrified for the first time. I, I opened his eyes, like, it was yeah. It was a week ago, we were sitting on the couch listening to Baker Street, like we often do uh, when Dave comes over. He's and, not fucking kidding. And I was regaling... Like, none of that is... No, is this was actually up. a night we had last week. Yep. And I was regaling you a story about how I used to have soaps, and soaps. you didn't chime in at any point, I figured you were on your phone, but Dave and I were going back and forth about it, and at some point, like, I just turned you, I was like, have you ever had soaps? You're like, no, what are those? So, when I was in middle school... I was super, super into mm-hmm. the idea of skate culture and being a skater. And even though I couldn't do anything like pass an ollie, 
uh, I just I thought it was a part of it. And pass an oh, pass an ollie. Pass an ollie. I thought you were naming like a new move. Yeah, pass an ollie. Pass the ollie, bro. You have to do it over <laughs> a cake or something. <laughs> yeah, <fuck>. <laughs> something wild. <laughs> Um, so around this time, Sonic Adventure yeah. Two was coming out, and they had this right. like the beloved hand hand, Sonic Adventure Two. They had this hand-in-hand yeah. hand marketing campaign where they were advertising these shoes called soaps, and they had like these these little wax arches in the bottom of the shoe <laughs> that you could use to grind on surfaces, right. much like Sonic did in the first act of you know Sonic Adventure Two. And I had to buy these Thanks. shoes. Thanks. Thanks for that little retreat yeah. of what <laughs> like, happened. I had to buy these shoes. I begged my mom for. Them. I was like, "Can I have these?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure. You need new shoes anyway." And mm-hmm. Thus began, like, the summer that I probably should have been getting the most pussy of my life, and I got none. <laughs> you became a pussy. I became a pussy, and That's everybody just stole my shoes. Did, did people take the shoes? It, it was were a common they, they, Was this ever a hot item it was, Out, outside of the Sonic fandom? So I went to day camp. We talked about this a while ago. I went yeah. to Inverary in South Florida, and um, we would do things here and there, whether it was, like, going out to, like, Blockbuster Golfing Games or the ball. Finger pop each other's assholes. But, <laughs> chewing cigarettes. <laughs> no, not even smoke them. How would you do it? You're just chew them. You don't know. You're a little do boy. You don't know what to do with a cigarette. You fucking <laughs> chew it. Okay? Okay. We've all taken a bite of a cigarette. Daniel. At least once. Uh-huh. But he digresses for me. <laughs> I'm not digressing. So I got these I'm shoes. I bring them. They're a hot item. Everybody's like, oh, what the hell are those? I'm like, just you wait. And I fucking like, I take a few steps back. I get a good run. And I fucking like slide across this curve flawlessly and like oh my god that's so cool and i'm like yeah man they're my soaps and that became like the long summer of me like letting people borrow my shoes to do tricks and possibly like throw out their fucking backs and so my flip twist on, their ankles so my flip on that story is that the first time you bust out like a soap move i don't know what you'd even call it a soap trick a mm-hmm. uh, a soap wash you know mm-hmm. a like, soap wash like what that. is yeah what <laughs> i'm trying to figure out what's the hot take for soaps because i don't even think they had their their time in the sun but i think that what I would want to see occur is the moment you bust out a trick and people are like, wow, that's so cool. They promptly beat you and then take your soap. With the, the underside of the shoe because it was hard. Right. Like, <laughs> 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 I'm still mortified at the idea of soaps. Like, I'm still bothered by it a little bit. I like that they still have a Twitter going for it. They have a Twitter like going on. And, and this guy, I had to retweet. Like, he had so many fucking tweets and they're all great, which is like... Uh, one of them was like real gamers wear soaps. Only real gamers wear soaps. Another one was like, uh, <laughs> "This is how you prove you're cool in high school: wear soaps, fuck a girl." <laughs> <laughs> I'm only sad that I didn't bring the soaps with me in the ninth grade. Shit. Oh, um, so yeah, this episode is brought yeah. to you by soaps. Uh, I guess Thanks, soaps. <laughs> grind now. Ask questions later. No one is soaps. ever gonna allow us to write ad. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. We're going to tell you like a long-winded, like ten-minute anecdote about uh, <laughs> chewing on cigarettes and fucking grinding wax shoes against railings for the approval of other teenagers. Yeah, that's a. It was great. It's how I worked my way up, like the social skater toe no, back I, I, in the day. I feel you. Um, so have you, been, have you been playing video games? I have been playing video games. So, uh, which is apparently I got to wrangle it into specifically <laughs> that that question instead of like, hey, tell me about uh, your life and <laughs> the world about you. Tell me about Gak for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I have like cursory knowledge of so many stupid things from the '90s, and that was just one of them. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been doing some gaming lately. Uh, I'm kind of split because uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to play. I knew Horizon Zero Dawn and Zelda were on the horizon, so I didn't really want to God get damn it. too put that one to sucked into anything new. Um, so I, I was going back and forth between like Overwatch, and I was watching a lot of Black Mirror as well, which okay. I, I actually recently super got into. I wasn't sure about it at first, but now I'm really digging on it. 
Um, but I it's a cool update. Now you're very cool. Now you can join the Twitter space, the right? Twitter echo chamber. Uh, no, the first episode I saw, I was like, I'm not really sure what people see in this. Like, it's a cool idea, but it wasn't a strong enough episode. Was it really. the pig fucking one? No, I wish I had started with that one. That's the first episode. That's great. They have it all mixed up and arranged on Netflix where people are like, yeah, you know, in season three, and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I forget what the name of the one I started with was, but it's a dude who was, like, traveling abroad in Europe, and he ends up, like, working for that video game company with that. Okay, that's the newest season. The AR stuff, yeah. Yeah. It was, like, episode two or three. In that episode, which it's actually from the director of uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, who Mm -hmm. did that Portal short a while back. And he might be involved in the Portal movie hmm. because that was a bad robot production as well. Interesting. Um, he fucking directed that that episode, and I still don't think that episode was that good. It's not that good. Um, no, I mean, I, better the, the ones wor- that season. The worst part of it for me was the acting. I thought the acting was just abysmally Hilacious. bad. It was so over the top. But like the visuals were good, and the yeah. idea of the story was cool. Um, and it took me about a week or two after that to really come back to him and be like, okay, let's find some good episodes. And I've gotten to some heavy ones that have really like fucked me up like uh i don't know if you remember the entire history of you the one where like you have the implants in your brain and you can replay like moments yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. because that one like resonated with me because it just reminds me of like how people are with like social media and the way they just rake over details and it was just like obsessive and it felt like really close to home um so i've been watching a lot of that and then uh to get back into the game space i rented neo this past week and i fucking like it it's so good dude you like it? Um, I it's do. Good. I, I like it a lot. It is. Is it very Souls like, or is it like a little bit Souls like? It is mid range Souls like because I don't think it completely <laughs> like apes on Souls. Yeah, uh, it has traits about it. You know, there's the backtracking, there's the combat, there's the idea of like um, having experience about you, and then when you die, you have to go back to the spot to like reclaim it. But I would say it excels in a lot of ways that um, Souls doesn't, and it has a lot more personality than a Souls game. Okay. Like, like in what way? Um, you, you know, we played Dark Souls 3. Like, the world of Lothric was great. It was dark. It was grim. It was like a dark fantasy world. But, like, there wasn't much about it. It was very one-dimensional in that flavor. But Neo, like, the characters have a lot of personality. There's a lot of different life and lore to it. It's very mm. interesting. Like, there's so much to it than just, I'm fucking in this underworld and I'm fighting yokai. It's just, like, no, there's a lot of cool Japanese lore about it. Whether you're... Like, going through, like, the fishing villages and you're seeing, like, the style of, like, houses or you're, like, dealing with, like, these Kodoma tree spirits that are popular or even dealing with the yokai. Just, there's, like, a lot of Japanese folklore threaded into it and it really flushes out in a cool way. Yokai, uh, is that that DS game everyone goes crazy yeah, about? Yeah, Yokai Watch game. Yokai Watch Bo- game? Bony spirits, fleshy wives. <laughs> fleshy wives? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I dig on it a lot. I think the combat is probably a bit better than Dark Souls just because it's faster paced. Um, Yeah, it looks a a lot more aggressive. It is. Um, And I I was playing through the first area, which I think it serves as a tutorial area. Like, you're in this tower in England and you are this main character, William, who I don't really know much about him. I actually don't know much about the story. So you're a white dude. You're a white dude named William with this awesome ponytail and he escapes from this tower and that first area, I think, serves as a tutorial to kind of work how, figure out how the levels work and everything. Okay. Um, but I was kind of shocked because I was like, oh, this is super easy. Like, I had an excess of, like, elixirs. Like, was getting, like, drops from every fucking enemy. And I was like, okay, this is a breeze. And then I get to the second area. Still not as bad. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I was getting worked by certain enemies. But, you know, I made my way through it. It wasn't until I got to the third area, which, like, is this cave, that 
the enemy difficulty spiked a lot, and then the boss like proved like a huge challenge. Was that the vampire queen? That was the vampire one that you come across in the cave, okay. and she's like sucking on like whatever, and she fucking like twists her head around. Because I, I think within like a five minute span of me watching you play, you died. I died like four times, ten times yeah. right there. It was say, it was tough. Um, I need to go back uh, when I do pick up the game again, and yeah. maybe just grind a bit for more experience and um, fuck with it, but. I don't know. It's really cool. Yeah, I heard that there's a huge jump of some of the bosses as far as difficulty goes where, uh, like, they introduce game mechanics you haven't even, like, experienced Mm -hmm. yet in most cases. And, yeah, that could be a little unfair. Mm -hmm. I mean, but whatever. It looked fun. It looked cool. It's it's very fun. It's got a lot going for it, too. Like, yeah, there's a lot it doesn't explain, but Mm -hmm. I think in the same way that Souls, like, you know, in that first area where you come across, like, the down bodies and you get to learn how the game works with yeah, like minute yeah. tutorials. It does a similar thing where you come across like fallen soldiers and they kind of tell you like different things about the game and then the rest comes through just kind of exploring the subset of menus and everything. So would you say it's it's not as vague as Dark Souls is with its uh, storytelling? Or is it like just as fucking vague? I think it's a little more clear. I'm just kind of confused because it throws a lot at you in the beginning yeah. but I know there's a lot more going on. There's a lot of subset of menus that describe like the different areas and like your purpose and the, the current mission because it's it's more mission based than souls mm-hmm. um you have like an overview map that you can kind of select different regions that you want to go to and then within them you'll do a mission and you're kind of locked into it unless you use an item that kind of it i think it erases all of your amrite which is your experience and it brings you back to the overworld and you can kind of pick a new mission but you'll initially go through an area first and then you can go back through and do like special missions like bounties right um to loot for better items and fight harder bosses and then there are Twilight missions, which takes place in, like, the underworld, and you fight, like, really difficult yokai. Yeah, okay. Sounds but, like a really awful game. No, it's really fucking... just terrible, fucking shitty game. It's horrible. And uh, don't understand why I made a million... <laughs> million in uh, A million units pushed. I don't know, dude. I can see why. I mean... <laughs> no, char- it's cool. I want to get back to it. This character um, pulls a fucking cat out of his kimono. That, that sold me. Fantastic. So, I don't know what's going on with it otherwise, though, but I'm having Do a lot of fun Do you use the cat as a weapon? No, it talks to you in the way that, like... Japanese okay. entities will. You're we're a little we're a little rocky now. You're losing me, but yeah, yeah, okay, yeah you're I like I don't like gotcha. animals enough. Uh. Like if he if he took it out and like used it as like a cudgel, like a cat cudgel, a cat cudgel, and right? Beat his uh, yokai opponents with it. Yeah, get back to the underworld, Absolutely. fiend. But like the cat wouldn't mind. It's not like a cat that's in pain. Like maybe he would be like, ah, you know, like a little. He's happy about it. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, don't worry. That's DLC coming down the line. Uh, no, it sounds cool. I played the uh, beta a, while ba- uh, a little while back, and I guess it just wasn't feeling it at that moment or maybe i just wasn't looking for like a souls mm-hmm. type game i wanted i wanted a more relaxing experience because okay. because that's one thing that I, I realized after every session i have with like bloodborne or like my whole body tenses no no fights it's, it's you know super fucking grueling like yeah like in souls like you're you get to a new area and you're like okay i gotta learn how the pathways work but i gotta get to the point where i can backtrack and make right. my paths easier and you spend like 30 minutes to an hour fighting through these segments and then you fucking die and like okay unless you got to the point where you've unlocked it and you can get through it like through a shortcut you have to fight your way back through and i got to the point where i unlocked so many shortcuts that i you saw me rushing past enemies yeah yeah I'm I like, saw it. fuck you guys but the initial like walkthrough of any area it's fucking hellacious you're like holy shit like i don't know how they're gonna come at me i don't know how to approach it but like and the thing is, you don't want to let too many enemies get around you at once. Like, it's best to take them on one at a time, because you get overwhelmed real fast. It sounds super souls, man. It's super souls, but the combat is so good, man. Super souls. Like, your stamina bar, or your key bar... Uh, of course, it's key. It, yeah, recharges super fast, and they're super generous with it, and you can actually see your opponent's key. Um, so when they make an attack at you and it gets drained, you can kind of see, oh, they're not going to be able to attack me as quickly, so I can go in and fuck them up. 
yeah, I, I need to get back into it. There's just too much coming out right yeah. now for me to delve down because <laughs> I finally gave up on Yakuza, as you might remember. Uh, yeah, I remember you wanting it for about a month. You were I wanted it about really it. bad. You were fucking seething and frothing and all the aims. I was. And, and then you got it, and then what? Uh, I, I couldn't pop a boner anymore. No. You play it, and it's... I gotta say something for for you know if you enjoy a game that's fantastic. Obviously, people have different tastes. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you my perspective because I don't I don't want to say that my word is law about this game because obviously it scored very well mm-hmm. and Yakuza's already a big hit. But I think it's a I'm gonna put this gingerly for everybody out there. Okay. Ginger it, me up. It's a profoundly boring game. And you've gone on record to say this about one other game. Uh, No Man's Sky. Now, it's not as dire of a circumstance as No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has its charm. It has its goofy side quest, of which there are many. Uh, the characters are very interesting and have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. It's just a dull game. Okay. In that it's laden with fucking cutscenes and exposition, like, up the ass. Uh, it has very minimal gameplay, and the, really? and the gameplay that is there isn't very deep or rewarding. You're just bashing on people. I was under the impression that there was a lot to do in the game. There is a lot to do in the game, and it's boring. Would you say there's a lot to do in the game if you like playing retro arcade games? Yes, there's a lot to do in the game if you like stupid mini-games that don't play as well as the the rest of the game. Like, if you wanted to play pool for some fucking reason that has a shit ton of rules Mm -hmm. (laughs) within the game world because they like really thought about how to do pool Mm -hmm. but it's still not that fun to play it's still very stiff like that i don't know why i'm doing this why am i playing pool Mm -hmm. i want to fucking beat on people and then the the fights are pretty easy to get through there i don't know i just i really uh lost the drive to keep on going through because i told myself like there's other games out there i don't need to force this on me I'm not even that into the story. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. I, I you I, ended up trading in it, right? Oh yeah, that, that one's gone. That one went toward the the switch. Nice, which has paid off. Hell yeah, and happening. We got, we are in the days before the switch. My yeah, friend. it will be here. Yeah, twenty four hours from now. Twenty four hours, yep. and we will have impressions. We're gonna try to record some video footage of us tinkering with our switches. Kevin's got some great ideas. I use the word great lightly. <laughs> you do use yeah. it lightly. I didn't even agree with it when you said it. Um. So you were playing Yakuza, and then what did you pick up after that? Berserk? Oh, baby boy. Oh, God. Don't you fucking worry. I'll tell you about this Berserk action. I picked up a little game from Omega Force called Berserk and the Band of the Hawk. Okay? I I knew nothing about it. I was like, I don't know what the fuck it is. I don't know why people are talking about it. I didn't realize it was a Warriors game. Or in Japan, they call it a Misu game. And you're like, oh, you get to hack up skeletons and shit. I was like, okay, you can do that in any game. But it wasn't registering to me that it was a Any fucking game. I picked up Cooking Mama. couldn't hack up skeletons. (laughs) They told me it needs to have meat on it for me to to hack at it. Well, leave leave Mama in the kitchen for long enough without any fucking tasks, and she'll rot, man. She'll rot off the bone. She'll rot. (laughs) (laughs) No, I. I have a soft spot for the Warriors games, going back to Dynasty Warriors, and I especially have, like, a weird fucking uh, love, just love, unadulterated love for the spinoff ones. Mm-hmm. So Hyrule Warriors, I think, is the most mainstream as it gets for a lot of people. They're like, what is this? It's Nintendo, haha, <laughs> not really knowing the long-winded and winding fucking heritage of what Dynasty uh, Warriors games are. I don't know that. I think Dynasty Warriors is mainstream enough. I, do, I wouldn't say it's that super mainstream. I mean, it's a name you might have heard in passing if you're in our strata mm-hmm. of fucking gaming and whatnot, but like a normal everyday Joe walking by and I'm like, Dynasty Warriors! And they're like, 
Okay, well, I'm gonna not make eye contact. He obviously wants money. He's a crazy man. <laughs> Screaming Dynasty Warriors. Now, I've played a lot of them. I have. I especially like uh, Dynasty Warriors Gundam. Those are your favorite. One, two, three, f- and Reborn. <laughs> it wasn't four. One, two, three, f- Reborn. <laughs> reborn. And this one is probably... Um, and a lot of people dug on the Attack on Titan one. Not oh, really yeah, realizing yeah. that that was a Dynasty Warriors game okay. as well. This Misu uh, brand. It's it's their telltale. You know, they oh, have okay. this very fucking uh, succinct formula that they've been using for years and years and years and years. And just like, they just insert franchise. <laughs> they did a One Piece one. Obviously, there's a lot more anime stuff because like they're from Japan yeah. and that's their culture. And it makes sense to do but, those sort of games. Right. I'm, I'm still waiting for the day that they like get like one of our properties, you know? Like a like a Western property, it's like fucking. We're gonna we're gonna make it. Uh, Stranger Things warriors. Stranger Things warriors. You're fucking in the upside down, fighting like hordes of the Demogorgon monsters. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking. <laughs> what was the one we were talking about? It was uh, was, was it that? Titanic warriors? <laughs> yeah. Or, no, I think we were just talking about like different beat em ups. <laughs> <laughs> we were like different beat em ups. You do a tit- Titanic game. Fuck, that's part of game pitch. I got that, That's part of I don't game even pitch. know if I should spoil the Titanic idea. We uh, we'll, we'll hold that. I'm not gonna close. spoil it. You'll bring. But game let back. me tell you, it, it's 2D and it has changing levels. <laughs> Use your imagination right there. Is how that works. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because it was a co-op brawler where you play as uh, Jack. Jack and Rose, yeah. <laughs> and they're trying to make their way to the fucking uh, the car that they can have sex with, but they gotta fight all the guards and, and sailors. <laughs> and other people fighting for life rafts. This is a besides point, Berserk. Berserk. Sir. Berserk, Berserk. Band of the Heroes. Berserk Warriors. is based on an uh, older manga. Morgan would be mad at me if I said manga. 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 It's, Why do you uh, sound like a fucking otaku? Because I fucking hate manga. saying it. Manga. They, they will correct you, Dan. Uncomfortable. They will correct you. Uh, Berserk is weird. Uh, it actually inspired a lot of the designs in Dark Souls, from what I understand. A lot of the uh, enemies and characters, you can find some influence in there. Okay. Um, it has this weird gothic medieval feel to it, but it also has this like that lone hero syndrome thing going on. He's like kind of like an Ash slash Mad Max Ian kind of character. Okay. His name is Guts, isn't the main character? He goes around with a gigantic sword. And I've been kind of into that lore because I remember watching it as a kid and thinking, like, wow, this is like way above me because it's one of the ones that you would have to hide from your mom because there's like definitely titties and people getting cut See, in half. I learned so much about this game in the span of a week because I didn't know it was a Warriors game and I didn't know there was a fucking anime. And you told me, like, right. about this crazy, like, it's so heady good. anime with like tons of gore and graphics and like sexual, like, explicities. It, yes. Like, and it's, it's about the nature of like human purpose and like, you know, what, what drives a, a person and, and it kind of like, uh, dreams being an important thing as well, but mm-hmm. then you have this weird fucking demon world going on, and it's it's, it's out of this world. The game, pretty bog standard warriors game. I'm gonna give you that, mm-hmm. but it's gory, and you it just it has that, such a nice crunch to the combat to it. Yeah. You know when you're attacking, yeah, you're fighting a thousand dudes, and they're not even really fighting back. It's not challenging. They're just fucking sword fodder. Yeah, they're just there to die. You're there to die, and you're you're there to move on and keep on hacking up horses. I watched, it feels good. It's I watched fun. you kill like fifteen hundred people yeah. in the span of like five minutes. Yeah, it's not fine. even. It's fine. It's insane. Yeah, because you you can go get this berserk in the game, and you're stronger, mm. and it opens up all these attacks. It's a guilty pleasure of mine, Daniel. Interesting. But I had to put it down right quick because I decided to get it the weekend before Horizon came out, and. We're going to get into Horizon. We're going to get into it. That's actually going to be our topic we for are. the episode, uh, Horizon First Impressions. 
And uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about it. As far as we've gotten in the game, I think yep. I'm about like six and a half hours in. You're probably nine hours in. Probably. I I think nine. I've nine. had two two long sessions with it. Two very long sessions, and then some some daytime playing. Yeah, I, right. I've actually been pretty busy this fucking week. I've been getting uh, pounded all week in the ass by work and. Yeah, and your car broke down. That was pretty Car crazy. broke down. Car broke down on the highway. Uh, fucking alternator and battery went out at the same time. But, they were in cahoots. <laughs> Look, let's fuck up Kevin's week. <laughs> exactly. But where on the highway were you when you broke down? Literally on the exit that like, leads to our house. <laughs> That's so crazy. Like, I was like 50 minutes away. But the last time that I abandoned a vehicle and AAA was coming, I was at the office and I left my car at 7-Eleven. I was like, hey, I'm five minutes away. And the tow truck driver shows up and goes like, oh, you're not here? You're not here with your car? Ha, I'm going to leave. And I was like, dude, I'm right around the block. And he's like, nah, <laughs> left. I was wait- I was waiting at that 7-Eleven for another two fucking hours. So wow. never abandon your goddamn car unless, you know, there's some bums like hoarding you. You got a weird Prince of Darkness situation going on there. Or there's a zombie attack. See, I went with like real, like a deep cut, like a John Carpenter film that most mm-hmm. people know, and you're like zombie attack. This is a fantasy cast. I can do whatever I want out there. Zombie attack. We're talking about fucking Titanic beat em ups. I'm like Prince of Darkness. You come at me with World War Z. <laughs> oh no, I wouldn't come at you with that. You wouldn't come at me. Then? No, like maybe 28 days later. It's pretty good. It's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, it's real great. Daniel, I have news for you. We got to get through some news, okay? I need to hear something new, man. So we're like 30 minutes in. That's fine. They don't. They don't care. They don't need to know. So we're going to do the news in eight minutes. Okay. No, that's a lie. I wrote a lot. So, <laughs> number one on here, there's some stuff that's good for discussion. Uh, this is actually kind of a follow-up to a topic that we did two, three weeks back, two episodes back. Uh, so, number one, after a stiff few weeks of bad press, GameStop is changing its Malign Circle of Life program. In its previous form, the COL was a metric that kept track of of individual employees' performance as it related to pre-owned sales, trade-ins, pre-orders, and rewards cards. As reported by Kotaku's Jason Schreier, GameStop employees would negatively change their selling habits, like lying about the availability of new games, in order to maintain their score, which in effect maintains their job security. Now, each store will have a single... COL score instead of each employee having one. Additionally, a new branch of the COL has been credited, uh, created to include new sales. This would appear to be an attempt to stop punishing workers for selling new games and merchandise, which is the lowest profit margin items GameStop carries. Uh, Kotaku reports that the changes are not official policy yet, but they have heard from sources within the company that the renewed Circle of Life program will begin rolling out district by district. In fact, you said it's already been uh, initiated. Yeah, when store. I went in to talk to uh, my old manager about it, he said that it actually rolled out um, this week. So. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is good. So, I believe in the power of journalism. Mm-hmm. I do, and I believe in good journalism. I think Jason Schreier is a bastion for good journalism. Okay. And I, uh, you know, I know people like always. For some reason, when I talk to just like some of my friends, and I mention Kotaku or Polygon, they're like, "Oh, fuck them! They're terrible. they like auto shit on it." But yeah, I'm like, I don't understand why because they're they're not afraid of like calling out people on their shit. Yeah, is the thing, and they especially they go after esports and all that mm-hmm. shit a lot. And I think that's why they're kind of. I mean, their prowess ranges from like. Exposes almost to like just well-informed, thought-out right. journalism. I appreciate it, and I don't know why people want to shit on them, but whatever. And so, on the maybe other, for their reviews, right? And on the other side of this is, I applaud GameStop, despite the fact that they are a sinking ship. Nothing to do with our Titanic beat 'em up co-op game that we're going to make, uh, which is about a different sinking ship. But even still, they have the ability to change. Mm-hmm. They have the ability to react to. Uh, I guess negative feedback. Okay. And this was very negative feedback. And, and granted, it, it was, was something going on 
for much longer. Because I remember you saying a lot of people were like surprised that people were even acting like this was news. Mm-hmm. You wanted to talk about it like twice, and I was like, "Why? It's not news." But it's like, like, but it is. To if the you didn't public. work there, yeah, it's true. it is fucking news, yeah. and it it's still shocking. Um, and especially some of the shit that you mentioned was pretty shocking. That's true. So I mean, good on them for you know changing their ways. But honestly, I think it was all just to save face. And yes. I think that this is going to negatively come down in employees in other ways. It's like okay, they modified their business <laughs> model, and it's more of a pyramid. And there's an extra thing to kind of incorporate new games now. But I'm wondering the additional pressures that are going to come into play because I know there's still going to be push for like pre-owned and all that other stuff. Um, I know overall sales are what matter now, so you don't have to worry about like ringing in on somebody else's tail or you know padding numbers like that. But I'm just curious to see what's going to happen. Like, okay, if maybe employees aren't meeting their number of reserves or mm-hmm. whatever for the week, then you know how they're going to come down on stores. But yeah, I think especially if you see that they uh, if they start looking at the store numbers, which by the way, I correct me if I'm wrong or. Well, you may not remember, back in my day, mm-hmm. which were going on almost a goddamn decade since mm-hmm. I worked there, uh, they did look at it store by store. They looked at your uh, like pre-orders and subscriptions, which is a reward card now, as like just a lump sum mm-hmm. of the store. So they, But I, I figure if they look at the new COL per store and see that they aren't as good as if you, if you mashed up all the individual sales together, mm-hmm. then yeah, they're... There might be another reorg. There might be another where just like, okay, here's here's the the fucking story to get leak out to the press, mm-hmm. and then like three months down the line, they just fucking revert or do something different. Da, 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 da. So we'll see. Uh, I I think you want you know on the one side it's like okay good, GameStop's doing something positive, but at the other flip of the coin it's like oh well they're the ones that initiated the negative fucking program. They did that caused pressure. So this is a company that has the ability to make bad decisions and many bad decisions from what I understand and I can especially uh, claim stake to from working there. Mm-hmm. So... We'll see what happens. Uh, they claim that they had this conference scheduled mm-hmm. ahead of time to kind of uh, showcase the new circle of life but I think it was just something that kind of had to do in the moment to be like, okay, we need to cover our ass. Perhaps. Like, the heat is up. Let's cool it down. Let's fucking make people like us again. Right. Um, All I need to say is that if they have the ability to make such bad decisions that led them to this little fiasco... They certainly have the capability to make more bad decisions. That's it. Number two, Mr. Daniel. Screenwriter Joe Carnahan has chimed in on the long-in-development Uncharted movie. That's still happening? Yep. And oddly, he fully expects his script to get slapped with an R rating. Speaking to Collider, Carnahan said, quote, When I wrote Uncharted, I didn't spare the rod. I wrote it the way the video game is. They swear in the game, they're kind of foul-mouthed, and I kept all that stuff intact. And I definitely didn't write it as a PG-13 movie. I wrote it the way that movie should be written. Big words. It's probably worth mentioning right here that not a single entry into the PlayStation franchise has received an ESRB rating higher than T for Teen, which is a video game analog to PG-13. Fun fact, huh? Carnahan went on to state that his Nathan Drake is the exact antithesis of Indiana Jones, stating that Drake isn't an archaeologist, he's a treasure hunter, and considers museums and curators to be crooks. Quote, he doesn't have Indiana Jones' idea of pure faith in archaeology. That's not the way he thinks. Carnahan's adaptation will at least pay homage to the larger-than-life set pieces Uncharted is known for. His quote, I probably wrote four of the biggest, fucking craziest action sequences I think I've ever written in that movie. Though he says none were directly lifted from the games, the impetus for which being, quote, 
You've got to come up with new shit. Hmm. This guy doesn't sound like he's ever played an Uncharted game. Or it sounds like he played them for the very first fucking time or watched his nephew play one mm-hmm. and just kind of was like, you know, writing another spec script and like looking up and going like, oh, yeah. Oh, who's okay. that scrappy fella? Nathan Drake? Oh, cool. Like maybe the dude only paid attention during like cutscenes. Maybe. <laughs> you know, and got this weird. And I he, didn't realize Nathan Drake was a foul mouthed individual cussing left and right. I don't remember that interpretation. No. I remember them saying the word shit. Maybe once or twice, yeah. You know, He's but. It's more quippy than anything. The way that he makes Nathan Drake sound is like he sounds like smarmy. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't sound uh, doesn't sound like a hero, man. No. He sounds like an anti-hero. Okay, and that's what this guy's driving on. I don't know about that. I mean, I can't say that he was always a hero in every instance. Not necessarily. I mean, he was, he was out for like personal gain, and he was a treasure hunter. And, and part four definitely uh, spoke about that itch mm-hmm. in his heart for that kind of lifestyle, and maybe it's less about the gains and. The, more about the experience and uh, adrenaline rush of the mm-hmm. character, which is something that I think no movie is going to try to cover Probably in not. two hours. No. But I have an, uh, an addendum to this. Okay, an addendum? I don't know, is that the right word? Addendum? Addendum? Yeah. There okay. you go. Okay. <laughs> I have an addendum mm-hmm. to this, Daniel. But this story isn't complete without hearing from Naughty Dog, the studio that birthed Drake and his fortunes into this world. Top Dog Neil Druckmann took to Twitter to state that, quote, No one at Naughty Dog has read the script. No idea what the movie is about, let alone its tone. Tone. Carnahan seems to think differently, having said in an interview, quote, I've, What I've heard is the Naughty Dog guys are really happy with it. But who knows? That could be like Donald Trump hearing something. That may not be true at all. And it isn't. Druckmann's response, quote, We know nothing about the film. Wish he'd stop implying that he has our support. End quote. Given that Joe wants to turn Nathan Drake into a foul-mouthed museum, a museum-hating anti-hero, that's not hard to imagine. Well. So there you go. I love that Druckmann had to just, like, kind of step up and be like, yeah, we don't have, like, our support isn't behind this. We don't know what the fuck they're doing. We don't know about it. Right, he's just <laughs> checking the dude. Like, he's hearing this guy dropping quotes left and right and trying to, you know, from what I understand, there there's no guarantee that this script that Carnahan wrote is going to be commissioned, mm-hmm. you know? They, this is something that Sony does, or whoever's doing. What, mm-hmm. I forget which production house has this. They're just like, hey, let's get five scripts out there, and whichever one's good, and then get a script doctor to fucking fix up. Mm-hmm. You know, big budget movies, they come together in so many different ways. And I always notice in, in the credits of a lot of uh, you know, big AAA movies uh, or big blockbuster movies is that, okay, f- story by, and then five people wrote it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How come the guy that did the story didn't? write it and then some 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 instances it's just the director pitching the story other instances oh i wrote a script mm-hmm. <laughs> they took it <laughs> so i don't uh, i don't how do you feel do you feel good about this uh the, we covered it like a few episodes back and honestly like i am not too enthused about it because i mm-hmm. don't think any studio will capture the magic that is uncharted and especially like if this dude doesn't have a sense of what Drake is about or what the series is about, then right. he's going to miss the mark of what made the games great. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, if you're trying to, you know, make a different sort of story about a treasure hunter, but you're making a story about this one in particular, and I think you need to ma- nail some, like, key points about it. Um, and I'm not that enthused about it, because for me, in my head, well, those games have very strong narratives. Movie script narratives, even, at times. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I need a fucking sit down in the theater and watch something like second rate, you know? Here's another thing that, that that I think everyone needs to consider. 
here's what makes Uncharted work. And I'm going to boil it down real nicely for you guys with a bow. Uncharted works because of two forces. One is Nolan North and his performance as Drake. Mm -hmm. Two is Naughty Dog. And their script and everything they have. And their years of expertise and their talent and their fucking uh, production crew. And the fucking uh, the money that Sony floods their way to make it perfect, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's what makes Uncharted work. So to take that secret sauce away and be like, "Well, we're gonna turn it into this," nah. The thing fuck is, you. if you even left it up to Naughty Dog, they would have probably never greenlit it. But it's not in their hands. I don't think in Maybe their minds. I don't think in their minds they needed to make an Uncharted movie. Uh, well, apparently in their minds they needed to make a Last of Us film. Keep that in mind. Neil Druckmann wrote that script and was involved with the production in some form and fashion. It's a little different, though. In what way? Uh, well, okay. Uncharted is a very established franchise mm-hmm. with at least five entries to its name at this point. Right. Golden um, Abyss. Gold, yeah, Gold Cup is yep. one of them. So I think for... Golden Abyss. Golden Abyss, whatever. I think Abyss. for... Golden Abyss. <laughs> Quit coming at me. Jeez. So I think with the breadth of five games, they've covered a lot of narrative. they covered a lot of things yep. that you know Drake has done. I think it's all self-contained there but The Last of Us it's so new they could have really taken a script and done anything with it whether it was like a standalone story set in that world or you know furthering Joel and Ellis maybe maybe I'm of a mind and I think we share the same mind which they don't really need to fuck with those experiences because they're perfect as they were Mm -hmm. as they were originally conceived I don't want to see anything else would feel like a weird remake yeah you know rather than like a cool adaptation I agree that's where I'm at with that I'm going to move on please do Uh, (laughs) I don't want to think about this anymore Mm. But one thing I will say, uh, I think it's good that he, he called the dude out. I don't think he's being uh, particularly bullish. I mean, Druckmann, mm-hmm. uh, about just saying, like, do we don't have your support. And, or you don't we you don't have our support, but, and we don't know what you're fucking working on. Like, that's that's all. I think it's important to note for the fans. Exactly. So think, they don't get it twisted, like, oh, this is what they came up with. And it's like, no, they didn't, they're not associated with it. Exactly. And I think a lot of people would think, like, oh, so you're involved in some way, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's not. It's, it's a different business. You know, totally different business. So, there you go. Number four, Daniel. In an interview with IGN at the DICE Awards, which Overwatch took that uh, game of the year. And then somebody walked out on stage. It was actually Uncharted 4. Fuck. Yeah, it was crazy. (laughs) I didn't know Warren was there. (laughs) Marvel Games creative director Bill Roseman shared the company's philosophy for, for video games based on their popular heroes going forward. Upcoming Marvel games, like Insomniac Spider-Man and Crystal Dynamics' newly announced Avengers Project, won't be tied down by the MCU's canon. Roseman says, quote, We want to give developers freedom to tell their story, and we want to make it an original story, end quote. That's not to say that Marvel games won't take inspiration from what's working for the mainstream. Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy jives tonally with the films, for example. But... There's no pressure to launch these titles to coincide day and date with any one of the films. As Roseman puts it, quote, We want to give our partners freedom to look at all of Marvel history and to pick from what interests them. It's a bit like we're saying, hey, you're the chef. You're going to make this meal. Here's all of the ingredients. You pick the ingredients that you like and make a new meal. Hmm. So I like this new division this new mindset Mm -hmm. for marvel and video games because look at how it was for years and years and years which is like oh is amazing spider-man 2 coming out 
Oh, time to fucking dust off Beanox and uh, get them to make a game that loosely is tethered to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't afford to get the original uh, actors because their schedules don't coincide with making a uh, fucking tie-in video game. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get a new guy playing Peter Parker. And, oh, since we can't really fuck with the canon of the film, we're going to actually have to use another villain. And uh, here comes fucking Rhino for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have Shocker. Thr- like, I'm just sick of this shit. Random villain cameos. I fucking hate this shit. So they're making some great choices. One of them was going like, all right, let's figure out this licensing deal with Capcom. Mm -hmm. Because people love that name for some reason. And apparently they have a special sauce for it. So here you go. Make that fucking game. Make Marvel vs. Capcom. Great fucking move. I like this move, especially too, where it's like, so we may not necessarily have the expertise ourselves to make like great fucking AAA games that's going to meet the standards of what people like think of when they think of the Iron Man brand. Because like how it was in the 360 area. Okay, cool. Iron Man. Great fucking Marvel film. Let's yeah. see what the video game's about. Oh my god. Was it bad? <laughs> it was awful. I didn't dude. touch it. It was bad. I played it. The flight physics were fucking off. It was like a uh, a good version of Superman 64, which is to say would be a bad game in any other I was going to say because that wasn't a good game. I know. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> okay, I hear you, but oh. So, <laughs> if you finally make six, Superman 64 good, mm-hmm. it's still a bad game by all accounts. Um, so for them to come in there and be like, don't worry about the movies. Don't worry about trying to make this fucking epic, like, congeal universe. Like, go ahead, take your time, do your shit. Mm -hmm. And they said one of the moves that was uh, to kind of give fans an idea of, like, hey, we're letting them think outside the box and make their own version of these characters was Spider-Man in his new design Mm -hmm. with the fucking, like, the weird uh, white arachnid symbol on his chest where it's like, this is not the movie Spider-Man they're trying to say. Interesting. This is not tied to any kind of release so yeah i don't think we'll see spider-man this year i don't think so i I want i want to but i think that may be more of a they're go for that horizon spring release kind of it's kind of zone insomniac's working on that yeah insomniac's doing it so what do you think about this new uh this new outlook i think it's cool yeah i i think that we're gonna have a a bunch of great game franchises Mm -hmm. from them which we haven't really seen um in a console generation i don't remember too many good Marvel games from the PS3 era. And I think a lot of it has to do with yeah. uh, Batman. Batman and the Arkham. success of Arkham, yeah. And everyone's just kind of like, whoa, shit. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Why aren't there good games coming out for these characters? These characters are fucking like 70 years old. Mm-hmm. And we're still giving them beat-em-ups and fucking low-budget piece-of-shit games that we give off to like developers that have been working on mobile games yeah. and fucking handheld games. And they're like, here's a console game! And it's just like... <laughs> you know, they fall but apart. I think Arkham... Asylum set the bar really high, though, for what like a comic book video game could be, especially with superheroes. Right. And I'm surprised nobody's taken the mantle and run with it since then. Like, fucking mm-hmm. WB and whoever else was on that fucking Rocksteady, was it? They ha- fucking did what they did, and nobody came along and said, we can copy that or do something similar. Right. Nobody was inspired enough to be like, you know what? Let's not do a Spider-Man game that fucking is tied to well, a movie. That's crazy to me because fucking Ben Affleck could come along, play Arkham and be like, you know what, I want to use these fight dynamics in a movie. Why, why can't a game developer come along and be like, you know... Was, it, were... was that Benny that said that? He played yeah. this game and he was like, hey, Zach, let me tug on your ear for a second. No, that's exactly what happened. Like, there really a lot, a lot of the fight sequences were inspired by I know they were inspired sequences. by Arkham, but was yeah. that Benny doing that? That was Benny. Was that, that Benny was yeah. just like, yo, have you ever seen this game? And Zach was just like, I don't fucking play video games. I make art, bitch. And then slap Ben, and that's why he doesn't want to do Batman anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that was my kind of... That's exactly that's my But it's all in slow-mo. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Batman... Mm-hmm. Good segue. Montreal. <laughs> Look, the segue fell apart. <laughs> uh, 
Montreal, Canada's focal point for poutine and video game leaks, is back at it again. This <laughs> <laughs> the one this episode that got me. No, it's okay. <laughs> I mentioned poutine twice this episode. You did. This potential leak comes from an alleged WB Montreal employee who's planning on leaving the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know. (laughs) And thought he'd share with Reddit a new game in the Batman series. What the fuck? Who does that? Hey, I fucking hate working here, but uh, check this shit out. (laughs) God damn, what What a leak. leak. This industry is weird, man. It is. So, titled Batman Arkham Insurgency, the game is another prequel that takes place a few years after Arkham Origins, letting you play as both the Batman and his boy chum, Robin. Hmm. You like that boy chum? The game has been in development since 2014 and will introduce a new coastal area of Gotham City that's roughly the size of Arkham Knight's map. The Batmobile, uh, the Batmobile returns, but the contemptuous battle mode does not. Car combat will focus on chases and weaponry, not dumb, dumb stealth tank missions. They were dumb, Daniel. The fluid counter-based combat is being tweaked with the hopes of making it more in-depth, while honest-to-god boss battles make a comeback. Owlman and his court of owls will serve as the big bad this go-around. Don't laugh. Apparently that's a really good arc in the series. Okay. Really good arc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Court of owls is great. Come on. Come on. What players should also expect many of Batman's rogues gallery the cameo, including Killer Moth, I don't know who the fuck that is, Two-Face, Dollmaker, the Riddler, and even the Joker. Like Origins, Roger, uh, Roger, <laughs> Roger, that's how, I mean, phonetically, mm. Roger Craig Smith is supposed to don the cowl again alongside Troy Baker's young Joker. A formal announcement of the game is said to happen on March 8th with a tentative release of November 2017. So, the, uh, we talked about um, another potential Arkham game that was happening with starring Damian Wayne, mm-hmm. and that was that was the rumor. Then this one seems more solid because okay. it seems like that safe bet that WB would hedge with uh, Montreal. Mm-hmm. You know, I like I feel I figure if they get uh, Rock City back in bed with it, and obviously, you know, I think Rock City's moving on to something else. I said, and isn't the original Arkham trilogy done? Them? Correct. Okay. As far as what they wanted to do with it, because I didn't play Arkham Knight, I don't know if the story concluded there. It but. it does in a way, it in a way, and yes, it does. It concludes his story in much the same way Dark Knight Rises does, which is disappointing and kind of kind of threadbare. You mean he flies an atomic bomb into the middle of the ocean and then fucking wakes up in France with Anne Hathaway? Yeah, yeah. except uh, this time it looks like he actually blows up. Sick. Um, <laughs> which is the weird part. Uh, but yeah, you haven't played uh, Arkham Knight yet. No, nope. know you own it. I do, don't you? I bought it on sale. It's part of my backlog. I gotta get into it. I think it's the most technically impressive one in the series, but mm-hmm. it's it, it's definitely not the one that wowed me the most. I still think City's a better game. City's so good. City's very very I mean, good. A- Asylum wowed me just because I hadn't seen a good. I don't know. It wasn't just me. No one had seen a good Batman game like that ever. Correct. And to have like the rogues gallery and the world that it built and all the stuff going on in the asylum, it was just fucking phenomenal. And the way City expounded on that and like gave you such a big playground to fuck right. around with, like it was impressive. But yeah, I don't I don't know how they followed it up with it. And what's uh, funny is Origins kinda took us uh took the wind out of our sails or the wind out of our cowl there for a second there. Because it was like it was fine. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't very different. It was another what's city. It? it was like exactly like a cookie cutter city. Okay. Um so that's why I'm not like as excited. I I can see the desire from WB to like let's not just because Rocksteady's out of bed with us, mm-hmm. 
let, let's not Batman. Batman's not going to die for us. Batman's going to be a breadwinner, no. and we're the ones that made it good. You know, sure. like that's what they're thinking in their head. And if so, of course, I like that they're not trying to analyze the goddamn franchise. But mm. you know, every two years, maybe pushing it. Maybe. You know, I think they should have given it a rest after night. I especially was excited at like rumors of them trying to do something interesting, like you know, with other DC characters, like mm-hmm. that Suicide Squad game, or That'd be cool. or maybe fuck around with the Justice League. You know, try to make that make sense for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, but like another Batman game, like uh, yeah, I'll play it. Don't get me wrong. You will. I'll you, play. You hit those fucking like games it. up because you love the combat. I eat them up. I love the combat. I, I love the world. I love the world that we're in. I love uh, you know, searching it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it. It's a really well-polished series. I, I enjoy it. Maybe just let the franchise breathe a little bit, though, in terms of Batman specifically. Because like, we dude. had all those Arkham games, and then we had Telltale's Batman. Exactly. Like, That's my thing, dude. Especially if you're making this fucking cookie-cutter game. It's like, dude, I don't care about another prequel. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't give a shit about that. I wanted you to go balls-deep crazy with me. I wanted you to make a Batman Beyond Arkham. Like, if you did that, pff, oh, my God. That'd be so sick. Everybody in that fucking studio would be getting a save room handy. All Everyone. Of all of them. You don't have a penis? Too bad. You're, you're going to get a handy. You're getting a fucking handy. Right. <laughs> you're getting a fucking save room handy. You understand me? A handjob's still a handjob, bro. It's true. I'll get the game. Let me wrong. I'll get the game. You will. Another little piece of WB moves. I don't have a whole written thing for it, but uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War was announced. Mm-hmm. That shit's dropping August 22nd, which is kind of awesome. Also, that's a good time to drop it because mm-hmm. it seems like nothing else is really going to dominate that space. Probably not. It, it, it is the game that's going to do the, like, the dying light of the year. It's like, fuck, here you go. It's kind of empty space. We're going to take it up. Here's some AAA-ness. I really enjoyed the first game. You didn't play that. I didn't. You didn't play but it? I heard like really great things about the bounty system and the combat. And I will say, you don't have to be a uh, Lord of the Rings fan or uh, abbreviated a lame ass to enjoy Middle Earth. I will say that. It's fucking great gameplay. The Nemesis system is really interesting. Apparently mm-hmm. this time they're changing it where uh, all of your environment and a lot of things in the world react to you in the same way as the Nemesis system does, which is to say um, like when you uh, get killed by one of the orcs, mm-hmm. they like be like up their rank and become stronger and they have like minions under them and then you have more people to kill in order to get to them and, blah, blah, blah. and they remember fighting you sometimes mm-hmm. too like some of them don't like die yeah I remember you telling me about that yeah That's some awesome. of them like it looks like you killed their asses but then they come back with like a fucking scar on their throat like remember me he's my vendetta in my army of yeah. orcs and then they'll actually be stronger and if you try to go at them like kind of a similar way than last time they'll they fucking know. they'll get you down That's awesome. so yeah I and Patrick Klebeck made a fucking good point on Twitter which is I'm so surprised in the years since Middle Earth that nobody has tried to copy the Nemesis system. It is mm. one of the best and systems, systems in the game. Yeah, they spent fucking years just trying to get that right. My boys at Monolith, by the way, they made Fear games. And if we don't get a Fear 4 because they're making this, all the better. I don't care. This is beautiful. Wasn't it Resident Evil 7, Fear 4? F- you're supposed to say it. Fear 4? Fear 4? Fear 4, because the 4 yeah, is the A in there. Fear Fear 4? <laughs> <laughs> like you're saying it backwards. Fear for fear for fear for ear. Cool, good news. Uh, I'm excited about that. Even though I haven't played the first one, and then I heard murmurings Smart. that it's actually going to be one of the first launch titles for Scorpio. Yeah, like a confirmed Scorpio upgrade, which title. is neat. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. Uh, I wanted to talk about Xbox and all them originally in this episode, but we'll save it for another one. But I I think they're still like making some weird choices. But this one, this my next item here. 
is not a weird choice. In fact, it's something that I want to see the competitors fucking ape, okay? Okay. So, Turn me over with it. Microsoft has announced a new subscription service on Xbox One that lets you play over 100 games for $9.99 a month. Dubbed Xbox Game Pass, the newly minted program differs from PlayStation Now in that it lets you download the games you play instead of streaming them. In Philly Spencer's words, quote, that means continuous, full-fidelity gameplay without having to worry about streaming, bandwidth, or connectivity issues. I mean, except for, you know, when you download it, Phil. Anyway, a catalog of Xbox 360 and Xbox One games will cycle in and out of the service each month, and, subscri- uh, and subscribers will be offered said titles at 20% off, while their respective DLC add-ons will be 10% off, should players want to keep the game indefinitely. Hmm. Xbox Game Pass is now in beta for select users, and while there is no launch date, Xbox Live Gold holders will receive access to the program before multiplayer hating normies do. Hmm. Okay? Smart decision. This is good. This I, is a good thing, and I, I, I especially think PlayStation is backpedaling on on the Now service because you know we we had the announcement a few uh, few weeks back that they're removing it from like uh, Sony TVs and PlayStation TVs mm-hmm. and Vita and all that shit, and just kind of like leaving that PS4. I don't think that service is doing that well. I don't think so either. I hear the latency problem. About it. Exactly. Yeah, uh, nobody's talking about it. I don't know anyone that's fucking getting PlayStation Now games, mm-hmm. and, and the idea of like playing as you are like streaming it, like that sounds so bad. Like the low fidelity, the fucking the latency problems are they actually the the biggest issue with it. Why? Yeah. So, like, people are just kind of like, I don't want to do that. How much was PlayStation now a month? I think it was comparable Con- in price. In fact, I, I, or I could be wrong. I don't mm-hmm. care. I wasn't going to get it because I didn't like the idea of streaming video games to my console because uh, we live in an apartment complex and we have to fight for that Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. You understand? Sure. We have to fight for our connection. So I was just like, that's not foreseeable. And our download speeds are horseshit in this house. So, yeah. So PlayStation now doesn't make sense. Where this... This is something that's really cool, and especially it uh, sets fire to the idea of Gamefly, because mm-hmm. it's just like, oh shit, it's right there on my console, instead of like, maybe I'll get Middle Earth this month? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it's 50 Cent Blood in the Sand. Okay. Well, <laughs> because like, you make you do like a, a fucking top 10 wish list, yeah. and you always put the new games on top, and you never get those pitches. They always skip to like number four, and it's like, here you go. You want a beautiful Katamari, right? And I'm like, fuck, I want to play Horizon. Well, you're getting you beautiful get Katamari. <laughs> so this is great and I want to see PlayStation do a similar thing I don't do know. it I don't know that they're gonna make those same sort of strides because where they're making successes in like you know VR or like their exclusives or the sort of things they're doing like Microsoft is doing different things especially with like supporting their old catalogs like whether it's you know this streaming right. service this what's it called again I'm sorry uh, it is dubbed the Xbox Game Pass. Okay, so whether it's Xbox Game Pass or even what they're doing with backwards compatibility with like Xbox right. One and 360, like they're making smart longevity moves with their, their games, and I think that's great. I don't think Sony is going to jump to match it, though. And I don't know why. That's, that, that's so. a crazy fucking thing to th- like think about, where it's just like, we're just going to set fire to our old catalogs because we don't really want to care about, you know, meshing or patching or, or making the architecture work mm-hmm. with that. I mean, are you telling me the PS4 Pro can't run a fucking PS3 game? It sure as hell should be able to. Like, get the fuck out of here it, with it, that shit. I don't know what their argument is against it, but there's no reason at this point, like, four years into the console that we can't have some sort of backwards compatibility. It, it makes I, no I, sense. I think one of the biggest issues was just, like, how do we make money off of this? Mm-hmm. And Xbox just took that to the chin and was just like... They're going to play 360 games. Well, I don't know how they're making any money off of it because, okay, for on 
what is it on PlayStation Plus? All you can get are PS3 games and PS2 games. You can't get PS1 games anymore. So like, uh-huh. you're kind of severing like limbs as you go. So like, what when we get to the PS5, we're no longer gonna be able to download PS2 games. It's only gonna be PS3 and PS4. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're making money on downloads, but also like, if you did backwards compatibility, people would buy the games physically. You know, right? That's true. Um, Depending. I mean, well, that, that would be the cheapest means in, in a lot of cases. But maybe they're not making money on that because, like, they, okay, right. assuming somebody's buying a game, it's probably pre on buy point. So, buy yeah, this sure. is the best way for them to make money. But, but that's the thing. Xbox took that on the chin is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. They're like, we don't give a shit. We're going to still make hit titles backwards compatible. We're not. We're going to try to do all of them, but, you know, that that's not going to happen. Well, it seems that's like not foreseeable. They're doing things that are more serving their fan base, which I think is more noble. But they're behind. So mm-hmm. what what is that about? They're behind in the race. I mean, if we have to keep calling it a race, then that's fine. But, like, why can't we just call it a, like a, a game sphere, you know? Where you have these three developers who are doing different things, you know? Mm. But they might have been competing at some point, but at this point it seems like Microsoft is doing very self-contained things for themselves, and Sony's doing their own thing, and Nintendo's doing their own thing. Like, what I, does the race matter at this point? For me, I feel like it's just like, well, Xbox still isn't... This is very good. This is probably one of the better things that I've heard out of this Xbox mm-hmm. Game Pass news. Because otherwise, I would feel like there's not a whole lot of reason. If you have yourself a PlayStation 4, if, you, if you're a fucking like, game addict, yeah. if you have a PS4, you have a PC, and maybe you're going to get the upcoming Switch, you have everything gaming has to offer. Because you're not even missing out on Xbox exclusives because they're putting all their shit on PC anyway. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to get a fucking Xbox in, in that in that little stratosphere. So I'm just like, I can't even view it as like, well, they're doing different things and going about it differently. It's like, well, they're not making a good argument mm-hmm. for me to want them. Their exclusives suck. Well, in terms of exclusives and like canceled exclusives, right. studios shutting down, like they're... I think their games are very piss poor, but like the sort of things that they're doing for pre-existing, mm-hmm. you know, fans and, and gamers there, it's like, okay, well, they're supporting them and that's great. But the, the install base is larger on PS4, so mm-hmm. it's like these goodwill things. It's like they're only going so far. You know, it's weird that Sony can make fuck-ups right now, especially I think the PS4 Pro is a fuck-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're still here with them. We're still like, nope, we're by your side, buddy. I mean... We all stumble once in a while, and then Xbox in the corner like, oh, check out Quantum Break. Shut the fuck up, Xbox. Well, we're fucking... Quiet we're... down. We're Sony ponies for a reason, man. Yeah. Like, we're in it for the gaming experiences, the narratives, the fucking everything about it, and Sony's just bringing it like they always have, whereas Mm -hmm. Xbox isn't. Like, yeah, okay, Sony's making poor UI choices, their hardware is not all there, but like, okay, where they're not all there for hardware, we're not there, so it doesn't matter. Like, we're not investing in VR, we're not investing in, you know, the pro. Yeah, those are big investments on their part, I'd like to see them succeed with them, but we didn't fail with them at those points. We're still, you know, just the PS4, and we're playing the games that we love, and we're gonna keep playing the games that they've released. And word is they are uh, they're creeping up on a million in uh, units sold for PSVR. Creeping up on a pretty really, fast. really, that's crazy. They're they're in the nine hundred thousands. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't Ugh. know too many people personally who have it, but I know that's a weird thing it, where I'm just like, you really you pushed a million units? Like I don't. I, I see units available at Best Buy and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not scarce like they're trying to make it out to be. I've seen maybe one person on my friends list playing a VR game. That's mm-hmm. it. I think it's Brandon. It's, the only it's always just Brandon. So, uh, cool. I would like to see that succeed because I would like to see VR go in directions and I would like to see it be a big thing even though I'm not into it personally. I want to want VR mm-hmm. and I don't want it right now. But I don't think that that means it uh, should go away and die or that's a fad. Mm-hmm. I really do think it's a, uh, 
a new kind of uh, threshold for what we can do in gaming that we can't do already. I think we're going to see interesting things with Microsoft and VR yep. with the Scorpio because like the sort of feature Perhaps. set that they're building for the console and what they're listening to that the fans want. I think VR is going to be a huge component in that. Seems like it. Um, but Microsoft isn't always known for listening to what the fans want. Sure, when it comes to hey, I want to play my old copy of Black Ops, but mm-hmm. hey, I don't want this Connect bundled in. They're like, eh, you're going to deal with it for a while. Sure. <laughs> so that's. We'll see if they uh, turn a new leaf. I, I will say Phil Spencer inherited a fucking uh, huge tire fire uh, when he, you know, they changed management there. Mm-hmm. And I don't envy his position, and I think he's he's done some great strides. He's done some great strides with that company and with that division, mm-hmm. with Xbox. So I'll give him that. I, I, I won't want to say, like, oh, you're failing for a reason. It's like, no, they're really trying. They're they fucking are. trying to knock it out of the park. It's just that they Microsoft were... is so new to the console game anyway. So. No, I won't even say that because I feel like they they really did gain a lot of acumen and a lot of know-how with the 360 area. I think they became mm-hmm. a fucking juggernaut in the 360 area. So I, I can't just be like, oh, you're novices. I understand why you're struggling. Fuck no. I mean, I think, honestly, the original uh, Xbox and the PlayStation 1 mm-hmm. only have about six years gap between their releases. So, you know, you okay. got to think of that. That's way. fair. So I, I, I really just think it was just mismanagement and a weird vision for what Xbox was going to be. Mm. You know, when they're like, it's a multimedia device, you know? And then I get that forward thinking, but it's like, you're not a smartphone. And the audience that's going to buy this, mm-hmm. they're gamers and gamers for, first. So mm-hmm. you sure. got to think that. That was a big push with Xbox yeah. One, that it was, had so many different media uh-huh. interfaces. And they it. dropped that shit. They don't even talk about that shit anymore. Mm-hmm. But it, it, we still have weird functionality. Like, it can be replace your DVR and shit. And it's like, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really think I need to use that, but... If you're going to, that's cool. But that's what I all I got in the docket, sir. Do you have some shit to wow me? Yeah, throw the ball. What? Throw the ball. Oh, oh, it's heavy. Oh, oh god! Oh god! It's, it's coming. So heavy. Mucus. Why is it so mucusy? Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, stop! <laughs> so I got some news bits for you here. Um, three written and maybe one that I'll mention. Um, I don't know. We'll see what I want to do with it. Uh, number one though, Final Fantasy series has set three world records. While you were off with Noctis at the Moogle Chocobo Carnival, Square Enix took to Europe last week for the Final Fantasy XIV Fan Festival. The event, held in Frankfurt, Germany, showcased new gameplay demonstrations, merchandise, and in-depth panel discussions about the series. To really bring the festival to a roar, representatives from Guinness World Records were also there to award the franchise with three new record titles. Most notably, they received accommodations for, quote, most prolific role-playing game series, which is personally given to Square Enix president and CEO Yasuke Matsuda. The award was to celebrate the incredibly massive mainstream success that the Final Fantasy franchise has had over the past 30 years and the fact that there have been a record-breaking 87 titles released in the series. God yeah. damn. That's a lot. That includes like all the spin-offs and shit like that. That's not just like main numbered entries. But... How did they make 87? Over 30 years? I mean, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I, I was trying to look up which series previously had the title, um before this but I couldn't find anything on it and I was kind of bummed out it's Cabela's I, I bet I would love to see what they beat out it's a Cabela's isn't the Cabela games <laughs> Cabela they there's have so fucking, many Cabela games they, they have 86 Headhunters <laughs> 1 through 70 yeah um the other two records awarded, uh, sorry, the other two records awarded went oh. to the MMO Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn, which has an ever-growing install base of 6 million plus players to date. The game was awarded with the, quote, longest end credits in an MMO, with the runtime <laughs> almost surpassing that of Spirits Within at 1 hour and 38 minutes, <laughs> and the most number of original pieces of music in a game. <laughs> These these are not accolades I, you really want. I gotta tell you. 
I think it's because... Okay, I'm going to keep reading after this, but I think the reason their credits are an hour and 38 minutes long is because the fact that, okay, it was originally Final Fantasy fourteen, and then they scrapped it and they started over. So this covers the four years that the game has been out, whether it was originally Final Fantasy fourteen, and then what it became as Realm Reborn. So they're crediting everybody. That's one of those <laughs> situations where it's just like, so I'm in the credits of Final Fantasy fourteen, and it's like, fucking prove it. And people are like, oh, it's an hour and a half. I'm probably around the 40-minute mark somewhere. Yeah, like you're just waiting like nah any second now they're, they're, they're working through the seas <laughs> fuck um and the most original pieces of music in a game the latter is a staggering accomplishment as Rome Reborn has over 384 different pieces of music recorded for the game Stephen Daltrey the editor of the gaming edition of the Guinness World Book had this to say about the series quote it is a testament to both the size and the longevity of the Final Fantasy series that it, that it breaks Guinness World Record titles that are broad eclectic and landmark as these ones end quote uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, I didn't really know there was even a gaming world record book. Haven't heard of it. No, I haven't either. But the fact that fucking Final Fantasy, like, they were just doing their own thing at a fan festival and Guinness shows up like, hey, we're gonna give you these awards. It's pretty rad. But for fucking Final Fantasy fourteen of all things... I think we have a different conception of what rad could mean. If somebody walks up and goes, hey man, we want to give you the award for the longest credit <laughs> sequence. I'd be like, oh. You found out about that? <laughs> no, we were trying to hide that. But no, the first one, though, for, like, the most prolific entry, yep. like, that's awesome. Like, good on them for having, like, 30 years worth of games that have really that. resonated. Good, Even if one of them was the billions Dirge of Cerberus. One of them definitely was Dirge of Cerberus. Yeah, it really was. Which I would say is the best Final Fantasy VII game. He's looking at me real hard. What about Crisis Core? No, Dirge of Cerberus. Okay. Still looking at me. I'm still looking at you. Staring right. me down. I'll take that to heart. And it's better Dirge. Yeah. I hear the Even better than the original seven. <sighs> there you go. Said it. I mean, Vincent Valentine was my favorite character. Because it's fun and not boring and shitty. <laughs> Super action-oriented. like <laughs> Number two here. Yep. The Nintendo Nindy Showcase premiered Tuesday. <gasps> Stardew Valley and Overcooked confirmed for the Switch. Link and Bomberman move over. In a special showcase on Tuesday, Nintendo answered one of our many pinging questions about what to expect from their newest venture post-launch. As part of their Nindy showcase, they announced that over 60 indie titles will be coming to the Nintendo Switch over the course of 2017, including Overcooked Special Edition, Stardew Valley, and Shovel Knight, Spectre of Torment, and Treasure Trove. The showcase highlighted a few unannounced indie titles and confirmed a few titles and their release dates slash windows. Among those announced were Banjo-Kazooie-style platformer Ukulele, SteamWorld Dig 2, Stardew Valley, Runner 3, 16-bit action game Shakedown Hawaii, which looks really cool, and Overcooked Special Edition with a total of confirmed 64 titles coming to us by summer or fall. These titles will be coming to the eShop every week following the console's March 3rd launch. Some of the titles that didn't make the conference but were announced in a news po- uh, news release post-event are Thumper, Perception, Ultimate Chicken Horse, Rogue Trooper Redux, and NBA Playgrounds, as well as Celeste, Binding of Isaac, Fast Army, RMX, and Shovel Knight, which were previously confirmed as upcoming titles by Nintendo and their respective developers. Nintendo of America's Vice President of Publisher and Developer Relations, Steve Singer, had this to say. Quote, Our Nindy Showcase gives fans a taste of some of the great content on its way to the Nintendo eShop. We're working with both mainstream and independent developers to make Nintendo Switch the destination for entertaining games and experiences. End quote. Additionally, some of these games will be coming to the Switch with extra exclusive features. Ukulele and Stardew Valley, for instance, will both launch with a new multiplayer mode, whereas Overcooked will feature an HD Rumble integration that makes use of the Joy-Cons. Fast RMX and Shovel Knight are among the few coming to Switch on launch day. This is a big venture for Nintendo as they have not had much independent support for their consoles until this past generation with the Wii U and 3DS. However, there is still no word on what when the virtual console will 
be back up and supported. So Of course not. Not at all. Why, why have an expected feature ready for launch of your brand new console that's supposed to uh, uh, usurp your failed console? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That people are excited about, but there's no word on exactly. it. Exactly. I will say, this is good news. This is a good direction. Mm-hmm. This fills in that those pangs of regret that I have for having a paid-off Switch uh, awaiting me at GameStop tomorrow night. You think so? Okay. Yeah, exactly. You, th- you think you're more inclined to play indie games on the Switch versus like your PS4? And this is my exactly my okay. point. Yes. Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these games I don't necessarily want to play on my PS4. I'm not fucking g- gaining the most potential on my PS4, whereas a game like Horizons, like it's beautiful, mm-hmm. 60 frames. Firing on all cylinders. Firing on making... all cylinders. Okay. And then I go to try to play a game like Night in the Woods, and I'm just like, man, like this can be played on an iPad. What the fuck am I doing just sitting here on my PS4? So I like to think of the Switch and the way I want to use it is like pulling out like a, a good book that you may not be inclined to finish in one big sitting mm-hmm. but like you know when you're on a plane or on a bus or waiting for your doctor like let me bust that shit up oh yeah i did have uh stardew valley on here mm-hmm. let me fuck uh, fuck around on that I, I think it'll better serve like bite-sized gaming experiences that, and that's what sure. i'm saying overcooked especially is that too where it's like eh, okay we're playing on a console but it's like with the with the joy con set up where you can split the controllers it makes more sense on that fucking system mm-hmm. some of these games are just like damn this makes a lot more sense, you okay. know? Especially if the indie games are, like, uh, co-op driven, like Overcooked is, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like, fuck, yeah, okay, I'm really utilizing the Switch's potential. I want it to be a bastion for indie games, because I feel like there's just something about them, the, the smaller size games and the small portable console that go together well. And keep in mind that the Vita was kept alive way longer than it should have been, mm-hmm. and it's still kind of technically alive, by indie games, like Severed, and shit like that coming out for mm-hmm. it. So I want to see I want to see a renaissance of indie games on the Switch as well. That's That'd be fine. cool. Yeah. But I I'm not sure that I would always go to the Switch first for indie titles. Really? That's so odd. I I I have such weird varying stances on the Switch as it is. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's I don't really know what I fully want from it anymore. Right. Whereas I think I had a good idea when it was first announced and now I'm kind of not sure what I want from it. Well, um I've given up on the idea uh, on the idea that they were going to have like compelling big third-party experiences you know I mean, you're not yeah. gonna get an assassin's creed on no. there and i'm cool know. with letting go of that idea like, right wow me with some good first party so stuff g- like give so me the good nintendo experiences use that as a tentpole first party mm-hmm. titles and then underneath that umbrella have all these smaller experiences mm-hmm. i hear that it's actually one super cheap to get a dev kit for the the, the switch i think it's like only like 500 bucks mm-hmm. and it's super easy to develop for the switch there can be a fucking renaissance of indie games you know? That'd be cool. And I would like to see more indie developers get exposure off of yeah. different like console platforms. So that'd be cool. Right. Um, That's why I'm about it. I guess I'll have to see how I feel about it as it comes along. Because right now, like, I don't have any hopes to be playing games like that. Maybe, like, Ukulele and Stardew Valley. Those will probably be the ones I go to. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't want to play this on my PS4. Mm-hmm. On my big fucking TV, looking at sprite graphics. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I'm thinking in my head. I was playing Shuffle Man, and I was like, yeah, but I feel stupid as shit playing on a 55-inch, this fucking 8-bit <laughs> title on my goddamn, what is it, 7th, 8th generation console? <laughs> I'm Fuck. like, it makes sense on the Switch for me in some way. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. I want those smaller experiences on a smaller screen that I can take on the go. I get that, but I'm... my my divide is, okay, I'm going to have these indie titles... But there's going to be no sort of achievement or trophy system on the Switch. So these games that I already have available to me uh-huh. on the PS4, I'm going to want to continue on the PS4. I'm not going to fucking abandon Shovel Knight on the PS4 and get it for the Switch. Just I mean, we, we still have not gotten any official confirmation that there isn't uh, achievements or trophies coming through the system. I don't know why. That's weird. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone, 
obviously journalists are playing the fucking console they're playing zelda i watched a 15 minute video breath of the wild and nobody has written one article saying looks like there's no trophies coming to switch unless i just can't talk about it maybe i don't know what that is Hmm. although i did read that they can't review the console until the second okay so we should be seeing stuff but i've been but i've been seeing shit anyway I don't know if that's people breaking embargo or not giving a shit. YouTubers uh, just fucking around. I don't know. I don't know. I want to know. I just want I want somebody to come out and say no or yes. That's mm-hmm. all. That's it. That's it. Not, 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 not be in this limbo of like, we're just going to assume and then suddenly be like, oh, fuck. It turns out there's like in-game achievements or mm-hmm. some shit, you know? Where it's like it's a, like they did for Wii U. It's yeah. Case by case. I remember basis. those. Yeah. And you unlock things within the game. Right. But that's fine, I guess. But at this point, like, we want it real bad. Right. It's not going to make or break the experience for me, no. but it'll it'll solve me a little bit if they don't even consider it. No, you know? but it, I like I have always said, it keeps you in your games uh, longer. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel like you're getting the most dollar for your uh, bang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. But for me, back in the day, like Nintendo, they were good at keeping me coming back to games without necessarily having trophies or achievements. Like I, my replay value on my N64 games or even like my fucking NES games were so high back then. And it's cool, and and I didn't watch as much HD porn as mm-hmm. I do now. But now yeah. that I know it exists and it's out there, I want it whenever okay. I want it. You know, and That's now that point. I know that you can have achievements, <laughs> then that you don't want to go back to. I feel deprived. Your life without missing. HD porn, you know. You know, you've seen the chebs; they're in your face. Exactly. And they're beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> Pornhub all the way. Pornhub. Additional notes here about the Switch. Um, Plays what? Pornhub. Pornhub app. <laughs> Switch on your Pornhub. Day one Pornhub app, but no Netflix day oh one. Oh <laughs> my god. Uh, Hajima Tabata of Square Enix fame actually had some thoughts on the Switch. And, um, you know, I'm just fucking we all think drop them on him. Um, mostly positive. Uh, oh. He says, quote, and this is on GameSpot, um, he told to Polygon, I've worked on handheld titles, but I've also worked on console games. So the fact that the Switch is both at the same time time is really fascinating to me i'm really interested in coming up with ideas and how to capitalize on the technology and how to create the best experience possible on the technology but i'm not quite sure that i have it yet you have your switch sitting in front of the television and you're playing on the big screen and then you take it out put it down on the table it becomes a monitor you take out the two joy cons and you play with a friend it doesn't stop there because in my mind it'd be really perfect if you could then take this monitor and use it like a tablet for example and then play different apps on it like you would on your iphone or your android so basically it's accomplishing three tasks in one machine it's kind of like the dream machine so his head's spinning right now like there's no prospect of any final fantasy games necessarily coming to the switch right away but wait so he, his head is spinning by a device that can run multiple apps yep and serve different functions yep <laughs> has he ever heard of apple yeah i don't think he's ever heard of an apple device gotcha right. <laughs> gotcha baby. i mean he does compare it to your iphone or your android phone <laughs> i mean i don't know yeah like um, it's amazing it's so amazing it's amazing <laughs> Uh, okay dude um i think like he said that he and his team are really interested on like developing for the switch but they're just not there yet so they're not there because uh the money hands are like oh no oh no don't (laughs) they're like do you remember the wii u right everyone's like yeah i remember the wii u (laughs) (laughs) yeah we got there so those are his thoughts on it i kind of like seeing the way that various developers are coming and talking about what they feel about it and it's it's more or less favorable i think it's promised architecture but Nobody's going to commit to it yet. There's a lot of potential there. So, number three on the docket here. Uh, after three years, a streamer has completed all 714 NES games. Wowza. 
Yeah. We, we've all thought about making money while streaming, but a streamer took to Twitch for the past three years for personal reasons. Well-known streamer Peter... Oh, I'm going to fuck up this name so bad. So I'm Go sorry. ahead. I'm sorry. Butcher Peter, him. Because he's Russian and Mexican, so... Or Polish and Mexican, I'm sorry. So Peter Delgado Kuzelshuk, known as the Mexican runner, broke the record for beating all 714 NES games on stream in the shortest amount of time, and it only took him 3,400 hours over the last three years. What started as a joke when his friend and fellow streamer, Big John, challenged him to beat all the alphabetically games, uh, all the games alphabetically turned into a personal journey. While Kuzel Shook had been streaming for years already and was known for his speedruns, which led to a paid Twitch sponsorship, it was in 2014 when he began a streaming challenge known as NES Mania that he began as a stream to help his mother, whose long battle with kidney disease got worse. He began dedicating more time to streaming from home as a full-time venture to take care of her. According to Waypoint, he said, quote, As my stream was growing, the health of my mom was going down, and eventually she started on dialysis. When I started NES Mania, she started on dialysis the day after. It was very tough for me to experience all that. To see my mom very sick and getting worse, well, it was really tough for me. I started losing weight, and nobody teaches you how to prepare for that, end quote. As to why Kuzelshuk went on with this particular challenge, it's because he grew up with only an NES, and the breadth and the challenge of the console catalog really enticed him. When my older friends were playing SNES, N64, and PlayStation, I still had an NES at home. I didn't play much as I got older, but was attached to the NES, and the difficulty of the games is something I've really liked from the NES. I was a really proud NES player. On his website, he states that there are 679 NTSC US release games and 35 PLA exclusive, totaling 714. When the project started, I referenced the Wikipedia list of licensed NES games, and it had 708. But the viewers of my project uncovered some missing games, bringing the total number up. Kuzelchuk refused to play any on an emulator and loaded all the cartridges into his original NES until swapping for a modded console with better audio-video outputs for a better stream. As he gained popularity, viewers would send him games to help him out. The order of the games was determined by a lottery system he had in place in the Twitch chat, and he would play each successive title at random. It was a grueling challenge as he got through some of the more heralded title. Ah, sorry. It was a grueling challenge as he got through some of the more heralded titles, as not every game as list was easy or as good as he remembers. Quote, Ghostbusters, it just doesn't feel right. An interesting aspect of the challenge was that he wasn't allowed to use save states, which allow you to save and load at will, or cheat codes not explicitly listed in manuals. What started in June 2014 ended this past Monday as he ended appropriately with Super Mario 3 at the suggestion of a fan, of which he is thankful. Quote, I don't know who he was, but man, was he wise. Now that the stream is over, he imagines he'll keep streaming. Quote, maybe I'll pursue love or something like that. As much as I have met many great people and everything, there's another human part of me that wants to find their soulmate. His favorite game? Battletoads. Every single level of Battletoads is art, a game itself. <laughs> I don't know if everyone, anyone has ever said that. Uh, about battle before, but <laughs> but he's passionate I'm, about it. I, I'm a, that that's good. Good that's on you, awesome, Peter. Dude. Yeah, um, awesome that you fucking committed to this over fucking three years. I can barely commit to a lease for three years or bullshit. Friendships. You did it for seven. That's true. Um, but this is great. It was for a good cause, and I wish him and his family the best of luck. It's a shitty situation. Absolutely. To be in. Um, but the fact that he gained so much steam over it and the fact that people were just tuning in and really rooting for him to fucking make it to the end, like, I, I imagine that was not easy. No. NES games are hard. Yes, they are. Notoriously like, hard. Like, they require such a fucking precision that, like, games don't need anymore because I feel like games now hold your hand. Right. Like fucking Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Back in the day, that I remember that being fucking brutal. So difficult. Uh, I, I have a little flyby thing for you here. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a breaking development. Oh. So the GDC awards were tonight. The uh, Game Developers Conference Awards. Okay. And uh, apparently No Man's Sky won an award. Mm. Uh, I believe the award was... 
the award for innovation at this year's Game Developers Choice innovation? Awards. Innovation. Okay. Innovation. Not innovation. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the Innovation Award. Okay. Apparently Tim Schafer was out there to, uh, to present the award, but uh, Sean Murray and no one else from the... Uh, Hello Games team was there to accept. Damn. Uh, apparently, and what happened was uh, one of the lead coders on the game wrote on Twitter saying, uh, we were uh, eating dinner, talking about how we definitely wouldn't win an award. <clears throat> That's why they didn't show up. Holy shit. <laughs> they didn't think anybody would recognize They didn't send it. anybody on behalf? Like, no. Wow. No, but uh, the dude went on to write, anyway, I guess next time we talk about imposter syndrome... I probably have the winning example. <laughs> yes, he does. Wow. Yes, he does. That's funny. You got another uh, thing on there? Uh, no, rest of my 5 by news is done. I was going to talk about Overwatch, but we're running late on We are time, running late. So. We're, we're, we're running, running late to the point where should we even do a topic? No, we're going to do a topic. Fuck you. I don't have any 5 by news for you, Kevin, but I do have some releases real quick. I'm just going to rail them off. Do it. Do it. So, Tuesday, February 28th, we got the brand new Sony exclusive, Horizon Zero Dawn. Never heard of it. Never heard of it? We're going to fucking talk about it. Okay. We also got Torment, Tides of Numenera for PS, uh, PS4, PC, Xbox One. Uh, Walking Dead Season 3, New Frontier, finally got a disc for PS4 and Xbox One. The Division's third DLC, The Last Stand, coming across all platforms. Pretty cool. Uh, Story of Seasons, Trio of Talents for 3DS. Sick. Forma 8, PS4 and Vita with Crossby. What is that? Uh, look it up real quick. Ghostblade HD for PS4. Oh, yeah? That sounds cool. And Grim Legends, the Forsaken Blade, also for PS4. Wednesday, March 1st. Uh, I don't know why this is officially coming as a separate release, but A King's Tale, Final Fantasy XV, got its own separate release. Oh, really? Which is weird, because we got that free with our copy. <laughs> I, I really felt like I was paying $100 for that edition just to play that game. And, yeah. and my bonus game was 15 Okay? That's crazy. And that's all you got for me. That's, that's it. That, that's yeah, it. That's I don't crazy. know. It's just weird. I don't know. That's, I guess it's gonna be digital. It's crazy. They would have put that on a disc. The and game's actually kind of fun. Yeah, like, it's not bad. No, it's I saw you play it. It looked a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I haven't touched it yet because I actually haven't had the the, the will to put my disc back in that console. Because <laughs> I put so much time into Final Fantasy XV. You I'm did. Like, I'm gonna wait to come back you to did. it, which you is a bummer because I wanted to do Pityos and I wanted to do a bunch of other things. You but... didn't do Pityos Dungeon? No. Oh, you haven't lived. It's weird too because I feel like I'm far so far removed from the way the game plays Pityos. that I'm gonna have trouble with it. Pityos Dungeon. Pityos. Dun dun dun. And yep. then Friday, March third. This is the big one. We have the Nintendo Switch console coming out. <gasps> Oh, 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 God. Oh, jeez. As well as The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for Switch and Wii U. And that's it. There's no other fucking titles. That's it? That's it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Just kidding. We also have 1-2 Switch. Oh. Super Bomberman R. Oh. Just Dance 2017, which has oh. been out for a while now. Right. Uh, Skylanders Imaginators. <laughs> I Am Setsuna. Do you remember that one? I do. I don't we can get it on the it. Switch. Okay. okay. Fucking play it on the go. Play on your goddamn airplane. Fucking you know? great. Uh, World of Goo. Neat. Interesting. Little Inferno. Shovel Knight Treasure Trove for the oh, Switch. Neat. And Snipper Clips, which, you know, that'll be fun. We're going to fucking chase each other with little snippers and do our thing. That's why I want new hardware. <laughs> that's it for a game <laughs> called Snipper Clips. Uh, but yeah, that's coming to us uh, in a day. Switch will be here. We'll have it in our home. We'll have two of them. You excited? I feel ways. 
I feel so excited, my I guy. feel ways. I feel... I'm kind of bummed that it came out the week that Horizon did, because I'm already so fucking I, loaded I with I really gameplay. wish that there's some separation there, but I feel like that was so deliberate <sighs> you think so? on Sony's part, which is like, you ain't got the money to go get a Switch. This is already like Zelda as is, yeah. isn't it, huh? You don't need anything except this. These guys are phonies. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're trying to do. Uh, so, we haven't... Like we said, I, I probably did nine, ten hours of the game so far. Mm-hmm. How far are you into Horizon? I'm about like six and a half hours in. Um, past time. one of the major story points, I got to the part where the open world really starts to open up, and you can okay. start taking on different quests and stuff. Uh, we're not going to try and like spoil anything at this point. No, we're not. We're um, we're not trying to do like a review. We just wanted to drop some quick impressions mm-hmm. about what's going on. I will start off and say that it is one of the most polished games that I've played for that console. It feels like butter and it feels like Mm. good butter the kind of butter that you know you don't buy every month Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like you save it for a good occasion okay so it's like is it your land of lakes that you pull out in the butter dish for parties if you think that's what the good butter is okay yeah sure that's what i grew up on i think it's good butter i don't have a good example i don't know different butter types i have a dairy intolerance okay so it's it's smooth as butter yeah and it looks graphically superior to a lot of games i played and I will go out on a limb and say, I'm sure it looks great in the PS4 Pro. You do not need it to enjoy beautiful visuals. Yeah. It, its frame rate is consistent as shit mm-hmm. throughout. I haven't seen any hiccups. I haven't I have. seen... Bu- have you seen some hiccups? Uh, yeah, some weird stuff. Like, when you're having, like, inner dialogues with characters, like, it'll yep. chop from one character to the next in really weird ways, or it doesn't seem like it's syncing up with, like, the dialogue. Uh, I haven't uh, really encountered anything like so, that, but I mean, like, just out there in the open world, the frame rate is fucking great. No, like, it's, it's uh, silky. While you're out and doing things, I haven't actually yeah. experienced anything. It's with, within contained scenes where I'm okay. having, like, dialogue trees. So just weird shit yeah, where you're just processing the different options. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it is, a, like most open world games, it's a little overwhelming to begin mm-hmm. with, like, when you first start, but I think they do a good job of, like, they give you, like, a kind of smaller area mm-hmm. to, like, kind of search about when, you, when you're when you an adult, I mean. Yes. Because you... You, you start little, the game as little as, Aloy. As little Aloy, which, by the way, I've got a, I'm going to say, uh, that's a stupid fucking name. That's okay. Aloy sucks. That's a bad name. She's a great character. She is. But that name sucks, guys. And actually, the, I'll go out on a limb and say, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. That's a it's shitty a dumb name, name. That's a dumb name. Either Zero Dawn or it's Horizon. Yeah. We just call it Horizon. Nobody's going out of their way to go like Horizon Zero Dawn. Like no, no. No, I just call it Horizon to everybody, right, and right. I hope people know what I'm talking about. Exactly. If they don't, they probably don't have it. And they should. And the game's so good that it can own that name. It mm-hmm. can own Horizon by itself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not gonna be a fucking Recore or some shit where it's like, no, 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 no you're not gonna keep that name. Mm-hmm. Although I can't imagine anyone else using Recore, but that's another here. Though. Interesting. How are you feeling about it? Um, so I'm gonna pick up where you left off. I have a lot of thoughts about it. Um, I think the open world, as <laughs> overwhelming it is, it I'm not just. Oh, overwhelmed by the open world i'm open i'm overwhelmed by the world itself because it, it huh. it's a brand new story it's very inventive and original and i'm having trouble processing like the scope of the world like where it takes place in terms of history where it is geographically and i'm you know as aloy's come across things i am too and i'm learning more about it so i'm overwhelmed by it like that i'm very intrigued by it. i think it's a very like mystical um creative world and i'm really excited to see how the story unfolds but the open world itself, I don't think is anything too overwhelming. I think, like, the overview map is really doable. It's not that large. Um, I feel like I've already done a quarter of the map as, like, as I've checked my overview map, and, like, it's already fucking done. So I'm like, okay, that's not bad at all. Um, and the things to do within the open world, they're great. Like, you come across, like, side quests, and 
They're really. Are you sure about that? Because I was playing today, mm-hmm. and I'm a good stretch farther than you. Mm-hmm. And I remember I've gotten to the this one mission part where they're like, "Oh yeah, now you're gonna have to go up to the 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 uh, north uh, northwest for a little while." Mm-hmm. And I looked. The map is much bigger than I thought it was. Is it? It's fucking huge, dude. Where it makes like the parts where you start out in. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's a long little walk, and this area is kind of geographically mm-hmm. different and shit. I went to one area that's like, oh, this is very deserty. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't seen anything like that yet. But when I started, like when I put the waypoint on, I was like, oh my god, all this cloud covering that's covering the map. This map is humongous, actually. Hmm. So yeah, keep that in mind. I I think it's more akin to like Far Cry Primal map. Primal's map. I don't think it's anywhere near the size of like Skyrim or like Fallout, but I think it's it's manageable. I'm not too overwhelmed by the size. Well, of it. it's manageable in a way where it's not like Fallout, where they litter all these really tiny items to search through in this very giant kind mm-hmm. of sparse world. It's it 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 has that Far Cry Ubisoft feel to it, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I I know these are the same kinds of items that I need to collect, but I need these items, mm-hmm. you know, for what I need to do. And that never do I feel like, oh fuck, I don't need to. I don't need to grab this, or this is stupid, mm. or that. Everything is useful yeah. in your inventory. You can use it for crafting. And it's not the kind of crafting where it's like, oh, yeah, you're going to have to really fucking uh, take your time to learn mm-hmm. what's going on here. No, it's pretty quick. Like, it's, it's, like, great on-the-fly crafting akin to what Far Cry did. Far Cry. It's so good. In the same way where it's like, oh, you want a bigger pouch? Okay, kill these things or find these things. And you'll get it. And you can even, like, make it a job. Like, you can assign it as an errand mm-hmm. where it's like, all right, you're, you're going to start tracking how many resources you need until you complete that job. And I was like, fuck, that's a really cool idea, actually, you know? Because mm-hmm. I know, in, like, in The Witcher and shit and some other games where it's like, okay, well, you need these items to make this, and there's no real good way to track that. It's just like a kind of in-the-background goal where this game's like, no, it gives you an opportunity to be like, go hunt this down. Interesting. You know, that's, uh, that's kind of cool. Um, I, like I will also say that I like the way it handles quests in that they are kind of one-and-done quests. Like, there are no, like, right. ridiculous over-and-over over fetch quests like there were in, like, Final Fantasy or other entries where it's like, okay, you do a, a task for a particular character, and you resolve it, and it has, like, a strong arc to it, and that's it. It's usually self-contained. Yeah. You'll meet those characters again. Maybe they'll have a different quest for you at that point, but, like, there's no, like, revisiting that same spot over and over, and I like it because it's just, like, one-and-done. The quests feel meaningful. Like, of the, like six or seven that I've done, like, they've all resounded with me. I'm like, oh, this is really well thought out and good. It doesn't feel like just fucking, like, filler, you know? I feel like they, when they were planning this game, Gorilla just had a big whiteboard and they started writing down all these open world games' names Mm -hmm. on the board, like Witcher 3 and Far Cry and uh, fucking Fallout and this and that, Mm -hmm. and they just started picking and pulling and they put a bullet point on each of them going like, so what's the coolest, most resonant part of that game? Mm -hmm. You know, you look at The Witcher and be like, oh, the fucking side quests are really good. Mm-hmm. You know, or you look at a Far Cry where it's like, well, the crafting and the Beastmaster mm-hmm. component, really fucking good. You look at Fallout or Skyrim, you look mm-hmm. at the story they're telling within right. that world. And... So they just kind of meld it together. And, and typically, like, you could get something very nasty if you mm-hmm. just try to, like, ape what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. And instead, this game is like this this perfect medley, a, a greatest uh, hits. Everything. Of the best parts of every open world game I've played. And it's so fucking... Sp- I really do need to say, the play feels fucking amazing in this game. Playing as Aloy feels really good. The mm-hmm. combat feels really good. Usually, third-person games are, like, t- kind of touch yeah. and go with combat. I didn't think she felt too good to play with as a child um no, 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 no. like i thought it was really like kind of stilted and, and choppy with like the mechanics but like when you grow up and you're in the open world like yeah it's so refined it's so smooth like mm-hmm. the combat system's great like it's just it feels good to have your hands like on. climbing like cliff sides and oh, stuff so- are really good too like mm-hmm. it, it has this kind of a tomb raider feel to mm-hmm. it rather than like uncharted where it's like oh i gotta you know 
kind of shimmy on on things. Like, no, it's it's you can see w- very obvious pathways of how mm-hmm. to get up cliff. Yeah, faces. I think they're like highlighted in yellow usually. Yeah, typically there's like rope on there and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it feels good to do. It does. And I felt like you know, and they don't make you do too much with it. Like you don't have to tap up. X or anything. You literally just start climbing automatically. Mm-hmm. And you like, just point smart. directionally and it works. Very smart. Very, um, there's a lot of clever design, and I got to say, fighting the the Robosaurs. Uh, the, that we're calling them the Robosaurs. Yeah, the Robosaurus <laughs> Rexes out there is really cool and really varied, really interesting, because you have so many different items to use against mm, them. So many different tactics to like come at them with. Like right. I think the way you're going about it is probably different than I am. I, I just kind of use a smorgasbord of different things where I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to use a tripwire here, or I'm going to I'm gonna uh, hack this guy and mm-hmm. make him come over to my side where he's friendly. I'm going to name him Mike D, maybe, because he's my friend now, and he's a beastie boy. Interesting. You like that? I like that. He's a beastie boy. Do you like... Anyway, <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> You could also uh, use these kind of rope tethers that, like, get them stuck to the ground. So mm-hmm. especially if you're dealing with something that's bigger. Like, there's these, like, the, these things called sawtooths that just, like, fucking just remote you vicious. over. Yeah. Vicious and fast. If you, you come across one in the story and it's like, oh. Right. If you fight, if you actually uh, shoot them with enough of the rope tethers, mm-hmm. they, they're kind of, like, stuck in place. And you hmm. can just kind of, like, whittle them down a little bit. Actually, I haven't damage. come across that weapon yet. It's so good. It keeps them stuck to the ground where they're like they can't wiggle out of it, but you got to shoot them with at least like twice. Okay, with it, yeah, it's it's cool. That is very cool. The weapons are cool. Where I do want to fuck around with them, you know, instead of just going like, eh, that's what I I'm gonna use a fire arrow through the whole game because that's what's been working for me. Because mm-hmm. that's how I fought in Tomb Raider, where I was just like, I'm just gonna use the bow and arrow, and it works. It's silent yeah. and it's precise, and I don't need to use a fucking shotgun. That's true. I don't need to use a machine gun, you know. I like these sort of range weapons that they have, like whether it's the bow or the slingshot. You have a lot of uh, interesting mods you can throw on them. Yeah. Whether it's fire arrows or I had um, like freeze bombs on my slingshot mm-hmm. to where like mm-hmm. it'll actually freeze the enemies in place and you can kind of do different tactical things with that um, or the tripwire. But I think the spear combat could be a little better. A little better. I, like I um, want more from it and I think it's cool that it's there, but like I find that like I only get up in close and use it when I have to. It's out of desperation, and I want to use it more tactically mm-hmm. sometimes. And it has that kind of Batman-esque kind of a sneaking component to it, mm-hmm. where you can just kind of, like, you're out there in the open world, and you just sneak up and just like, one press, and then yeah. kind of take him down. I like, it's, and that feels good, and that's fine. There's an interesting way to navigate the style system, because she has yeah. this thing that she found, it was a remnant of the old world, called a focus, and it allows her to kind of see different mm-hmm. technological that, aspects. It's her detective vision, yeah. essentially. So when you're doing these stealth elements, like, you can basically, like, uh, highlight an enemy and you can use the vision and it'll actually track like their movement patterns so you can see exactly where they're going and they do it very like routinely so you can kind of see okay well they're going to be there at that point so I can sneak by them or I can get up on them and hack them or I can just take them down and it just creates different play fields which I it's think really is cool fun. and you, you can handle situations like all the best open world games it lets you handle a situation how you want how mm-hmm. you want to go about it what's the smartest way do I draw do I draw some of these Watcher, the Raptor-looking ones, away from me first so I can go, like, you know, hop on a bull mm-hmm. or, or whatnot or hack them? Or, you can take it on however you the fucking want. And it, it's really fun and really rewarding. And the, and the creatures that you fight, or I, I should say the machines that you mm-hmm. fight, be just, become just bigger and bigger and more vicious. Yeah. But it's like you increase your skills as a hunter. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel more adept. Whereas, like, when I the first time I encountered, or the I think, like, the second time I encountered a saw saw a tooth out there in the wild, mm-hmm. one that wasn't a story mission one, it fucked me up, like, immediately. Like, it just ran me over and killed me. I was like, what do I do? But then you get, like, your your kind of, your sea legs about you, mm-hmm. and you start fighting them, and you're like, okay, now I'm getting this. Now I'm getting better. Now I know what to do. Now I know to rope them. Now I know to put a tripwire. Mm-hmm. Now I know to distract them. You know, like, that. you start doing this kind of thing, and I, I the fights are 
really rewarding. Yeah. In that way, like super rewarding. And like I said, third person games can be touch and go with their combat. Yeah, where sure. It's like, eh, it's fine, especially in open world. Because they have to compensate for so much other shit. They really do, though. You know, where it's like the last thing that's kind of thought about, like, ah, uh, you have a one-button kind of hit, melee, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, this one... It's so involved with every different button mm-hmm. and tactic you can put in play, and I think it's brilliant. I think, like, Gorilla Games really fucking hit something on the, the mark here. They really did. Um, and uh, a lot of that key is the polish, I will say. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's a beautiful-looking game, very smooth-looking game. I'm going to say, we just came off of Final Fantasy fifteen like, right. two months ago, and right. this game fucking embarrasses it. Straight in so many ways. And all yeah. the, like, the distilled RPG elements that it gets right, and even down to the more basic shit, like menu ui like these menus are so easy to navigate it's how a map should I work i can pull up a map put it down a marker and boom it's there i don't have to worry about like, eight different subsets of menus like, square enix and there's shit. different tabs for each different type of mission like you have your errands you have your fucking I know. the, like, the organization's so nice it just uh, makes sense and i'm like oh, fucking square enix what did you do you I had so no much idea. time and, and Gorilla games got it like this is our first sort of game like this right they've been making kind of whatevery <laughs> kill zone games it's that, just that, fucking it, which is interesting they, they, those games have never hit their stride with a mainstream audience because people are just like eh yeah kill zone okay mm-hmm. whatever you know but, it's like this is the big one yeah this is one that's going to put them on the map you know the, the, this is the one that's going to get attention and this is especially what we were talking about earlier this is the kind of exclusive that Sony knows how to foster for mm-hmm. some reason that Xbox stumbles with and that is putting them ahead of the pack right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's such an important thing where we're, you know, and then I feel like I get this feeling where it's like, okay, well, you also have Spider-Man and Days Gone and God of War. It's like, they know what the fuck they're doing. Last of Us 2. Mm-hmm. It's like, they know what they're doing. They yeah. know how to tickle us. And they may not have like a fucking dearth of exclusives, but they sure as hell make it seems like that they have a whole catalog, mm-hmm. you know, coming your way. Because they make you know? them count. Right. And I, I think for them, they, they're not afraid to take a risk. Like, if you just wrote on paper, like, oh, it's a you're post-apocalyptic kind of thing. You fight robot dinosaurs, but we're going to make it super serious and really fun. And you're like, I don't know, robot dinosaurs, you know? But it's like, they take that risk where it's like, sure, it doesn't pan out all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Last Guardian, they just had to shit that one out and mm-hmm. like, take it on the chin. And then, you know, uh, Gravity Rush, I'm not hearing that it did well. I don't think it did either. too well. You know, it's like they take that risk here and there as mm-hmm. well. And I, I think there's just something to that, this pioneering spirit where it's like, Gorilla, we know you have a pedigree. Mm-hmm. You've done good work for us for years and years. Try this shit. Or, or, or maybe they even came up to them and they're like, hey, we want to make this kind of game. We think it's going gonna, it's gonna to really add to the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck yeah, go ahead. And honestly, like, they, they could have done anything with this and it could have been just lackluster could have just been any old open world game but really isn't like the story is so strong the world is so engaging like right i just i'm lost in like it's soaked with like just brilliant little details and like i want to know more with every step and like the performances are even great like ashley birch fucking kills it as kills Aloy, it. and kills the supporting it. cast is great as well so it like, makes you believe that character for sure oh yeah and like i'm i I like her work in other games as well. Like she was great in Life is Strange. She was great in fucking Borderlands and everything else. She's Mortal Kombat X. Mortal Kombat X. She always dropped that on me. Always. So I think she's she's just killing it with this, and I'm excited to see how it keeps unraveling and, and, and everything I, else. I, I think she's she's such a great in for the audience because they they establish early on that her character is an outcast. Mm-hmm. You know, a no mother. In that, and uh, they have these different tribes in the game uh, that are separate from yourself, and which he, we didn't know about. 
mm-hmm. as the game was originally like advertised and marketed. So no, no, like, no, 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 that there were other tribes. You just figure everyone's together and helping mm-hmm. each other. No, 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 no. There are there's different tribes and they have different rules and they have like different kind of bends toward them mm-hmm. and different views on the technology. Exactly, different views of technology where you're, the tribe that you're supposed to be from that still doesn't speak to you because you're an outcast mm-hmm. uh, kind of worships old technology as like you know being the all mother and all mm-hmm. that shit and they they have this reverence for it. But it, what's interesting is that you're kind of like agnostic, you know, from all that. Yeah. Like you, like you, very early on, you get like kind of a taste or a different per- perception of what this technology is, which is closer to what we understand mm-hmm. it as. Where it's like, no, this is human-made tech. Yeah. They don't seem to understand it all the way, and it's like, Aloy does, and that's such a cool, interesting game where you play the game where it's like, okay, like I remember there's one scene, not to spoil too much, where they're just like talking to this big fucking door and it has like an automatic like voice mm-hmm. to it like an AI to it and like one of the other characters is like oh the all mother speaks and, and, and she's like, like it's a door it's a lo- technology yeah. like what are you guys <laughs> well, talking about such an awesome moment it's like yo it's just a door and though, she's so sassy about it too like I like right. how much personality she has yeah she has personality about it I, I think that was such a brilliant little touch and I do like uh, running into the other characters that kind of like the way that they view stuff like the spirits like so one character is uh, was struggling with mental illness mm-hmm. and everyone told him like yeah there's the spirits tell me to do things and I have spirits in my head and everyone mm-hmm. told me it's spirits and it's like it's so interesting to be like no no dude you don't have that mm-hmm. but since like you know whatever happened to society got the clock reset on them mm-hmm. you know they don't know better and that's sure. such an interesting world to kind of like walk through yeah and I'm still like really interested to see the catalyst that created this world right because it's like a post post-apocalypse there seem like they're remnants of an old world that we know because uh-huh. i don't know if this is too spoiler like it takes place in like the beginning of the game but you come across like what looks like a bunker like a suicide bunker that speaks of like these people that were just like you and i well, i don't think the intention was suicide in the but bunker. It, something it led to a it. bunker that's bunker. true but it became a suicide it, yeah. bunker, yes. Due to events As in, like, unknown. you wouldn't walk into our apartment like, this is a suicide apartment. <laughs> no, it totally is. Like, you get the sense of it. <laughs> this is a fucking suicide apartment for sure. <laughs> but, you no, killed it, me on that one. It's fucking great, dude. And, like, I'm bummed that I'm not going to get more time with it. Because, yeah. like, the moments I've had have been, like, so astounding. Like, we're having those water cooler moments where I'll talk with you or I'll talk with Dave about it. And, like, we're just, like, raving about it. Like, I said to you earlier that, like, when I broke into the open world, like, I did a few things. I did uh, the pre-trials for, like, the, the uh, what is it, the Hunter's Lodge. And you have, like, three different, like, trials that yes, you have to go through. Yeah, that was I, a lot I of fun. Yep. But once I broke away from that, I got, like, another thing pinged. And I was like, oh, there's a tall neck mission. I was like, hmm. Yeah. You fucking see this large, like, giraffe-like structure just walk around the map. And you're like, what is that? And I was, like, so, like, just entranced by it and, like, just in wonder that it gave me one of those experiences that I hadn't had in a while where, like, a game, like, really just wowed me. And I was like, this is an, a mm-hmm. unique experience that I have not gotten from mm-hmm. a game and I will never get again. Right. Like, the, the sense of wonder of, like, tracking its movement and then getting to the point where you can fucking get on top of it and then you see the world from the topmost part of that creature and it's like, wow, they're on to something here. They really are. So, And I, I, I can't wait to see where that goes. But uh, I think we're going to do like a more formal kind of review episode of it mm-hmm. when we get more hours into it, which I'm sorry, maybe a long time coming, unfortunately, because next week I go to PAX mm-hmm. and the week after you're coming. We're going to South by Southwest. South by Southwest with me. So That's going to be interesting. We should record an episode out there. We can do Austin. it. We could do it. We, we have the technology, Dave. We do. I've got my we focus. Do. You have yours? We do. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there will be an episode next week, unfortunately. I think we're going to probably, like, there's going to be a lot of news happening, and we'll probably tweet yeah. it as it comes, right, but right, I right. think we're going to spend a lot of time with our new hardware in this game. New and, hardware, new and, Switch, And maybe Zelda. just forming review episodes, because I think right. those are going to be important. Um, so yeah, that, so look for that, uh, especially if you want some updates on what we're up to. Again, go to Twitter, at Save Room Show. That's where you can 
motherfucking find us mm-hmm. and send us some nasty, just nasty imagery in All our DMs. Slip into our DMs, tickle it, and Get drop your load. Like what? What kind of load? Any kind of load. Uh, drop the mother load. Drop a load. Drop a load. Drop a dookie. Drop a load. Suggest topics. Ask us. Are we playing snipper clips? And the answer will be no. Are we playing one two switch? No. You want to know why? Because <laughs> we're playing arms. Because we're not babies, and we're playing arms with the with the, with the stretch Armstrong characters. That's what we're. Our about. arms girl and. Uh, arms girl and arms. The arm. Fella. The royal armament. I love it. <laughs> That's what we're gonna be doing. Okay. For sure. But I think that wraps it up for this one. I, I think so too. Yeah. I love it. So I have been Kevin. And I'm Daniel. And this, as always, has been the Save Room Show. We appreciate your ears. Thank you so much. Like, share, subscribe. That's what all the YouTubers say. I'm going to mm-hmm. start saying it for anything. Yeah. Absolutely. I, 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 I literally farted and said like and subscribe mm-hmm. earlier. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, subscribe below. Uh, you don't know where yeah, below, yeah. but just subscribe somewhere below. There you go. Go down to hell and subscribe there. And always, guys, remember to save your game. This is Save Room, episode 18. Uh, so in the making of uh, this episode, we were thinking, uh, how could we uh, make a podcast that speaks to who we are and the constant bridge uh, between our boyhood selves and our adult selves into a podcast that just works for everybody? So I, th- I think we got something really special here. I think you're really going to like it. That's probably the most profound really. opening we've ever had. I think you really like that. I think you're really going to enjoy that. Yeah. Cool. I love it when they interview people that like it's like they really shouldn't be talking about their like they just they just make good art mm-hmm. you know like oh th- this guy's a fucking great bassist mm-hmm. you know fantastic and then they ask him questions like so what inspires you oh well you know I just uh, just gotta dig down deep and uh, you know sometimes it could be anything it could be uh, my uh, my wife's laughter it could be uh, I was I was thinking about this uh, article and uh, I sat down and uh, <laughs> it's just like shut the fuck up I think about my grandfather a lot uh he was a coal miner in the, the 49s, and uh, he did a lot of great work out in those mines. That's and, uh, great. He was black lung, and uh, I think about the opportunities he lost and what I gained from my youth, and uh, I thought maybe I could make an album. <laughs> you know, it's just like weird shit like that. <laughs> like, just admit that, like, you were in the shower just going, ba da 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 I actually snorted the wild cherry Pepsi back up my nose. Wow, that burns. You okay? You made me laugh mid-sip. <laughs> I've like carbonated snot now. <laughs> well, that's the start of the show. I'm crying wild cherry Pepsi tears. Well, remember, Save Room Live is uh, July 3rd. <laughs> Are you okay? Are, I'm, are I you good to start? I might be weeping. Are you good to start? I'm fine. I'm just going to have like really bad like post-nasal drip for a little bit. Woo. Okay. I'm good. You good? I'm great. When do you want to start this dog and pony show? <laughs> for the sponsors? <laughs> We're just doing it for the sponsors because I want us to. Just doing it for Nabisco. It's not Nabisco this week. You gotta remember. We're doing it for soaps. Okay, well, I wrote this for Nabisco. Okay, I can uh, try it with soaps. I can try it with soaps. I'll do it. Don't uh, worry about it. Soaps are a blast in your mouth. Okay. Soaps. Wash your mouth out with this. <laughs> <laughs> soaps. <laughs> kick your pregnant number. <laughs> Wait, I fucked up. You fucked up. <laughs> I was gonna say, kick your pregnant mother in the stomach. What the fuck? It's fine. They're not real shoes. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know why that was the slogan I went to. 
<laughs> I like it. You can use it for anything. No, I'll, I'll handle it that way. <laughs> I don't think people are going to buy one. Kick your pregnant wife in the stomach. Nobody, what? So Grind away from your responsibilities. <laughs> wow. No, no. Soaps, because you've only finger banged your cousin. Fuck. That's real bad. What? It's like super crass. They don't like that? No. Well, fuck soaps. <laughs> fuck them. They don't like what we do. Why don't they grind their stupid asses away from us? 